Hello, everyone. Welcome to Harmonic Heart. We're a music blog dedicated to showcasing musicians' stories and talent. I'm your host, Chris Millette. I'm excited and grateful to have my old friend, Advis, on the show today for an interview. Welcome, man. What's going on, brother? Hey, haha. Yeah, man. I'm glad to have you here. I got a, an intro. I'm going to introduce you. Pretty sure. So, Advis is a hip hop artist and beat maker. Since 2009, he has released seven projects as an MC, including the Survival Chronicles 1, 2, and 3 under the moniker Thesis, and Starting to Game under the artist name Advis, and most recently the Pace EP, which he released in 2019 in December. He has also released two beat tapes. Um, he is this under Advis, and beginning the process under the producer name Nivlak. Is that how you pronounce it, Nivlak? Yeah, yeah. Fun fact, Nivlak is actually just my first name backwards, so boom. There it is. I was going to ask you. I mean, I, we're going to get into all these, all these names. For sure. Nivlak, For sure. okay, cool, nice. Um, an enlightened wordsmith, Advis often raps about being mindful of the world around us and becoming our best selves as individuals and a society. In addition to his prolific artist catalog, he maintains numerous context segments content segments on his social media, such as the Freestyle Sunday segment, What's the Word Wednesdays, and that's a talk show where he and his followers discuss current events and stimulating topics, and Words Are Real Spells, where Advis breaks down words to their roots and explains his own definition of the word. So he's clearly a critical thinker and dedicated artist who loves to study words and language and is passionate about hip-hop. So yeah, I'm excited to have you on the show, man. This is, you know, some real artist stuff. And yeah, I'm looking forward to chopping it up. Yes. Thank you, brother. I appreciate the introduction. And I'm grateful for you taking the time to reach out and be able to have, you know, this talk and, you know, catch up good times, man. Right, man. Yeah. And another reason that I that I did start this was is just a nice way to, you know, to to talk in a long form way, chop it up, get you know, just you know, build and get to know each other on a deeper level, you know, hear more about your journey, your process. So yeah, man, I'm excited. Um let me see. So we were we were chopping up a little before and you you know said yeah. you're doing well. I think um yeah, how do how how are you doing? How are you doing just generally right now? Right now I can I can say I'm I'm feeling a lot more grounded and uh and a lot more um balanced when it comes to you know the state and times right now. Right. I've been I've been taking the time to you know use this time that's been given to us mm -hmm. to go more within myself and build on myself so that I can be able to also build on other people. Mm -hmm. So I've been really valuing that. Mm. Yeah, I mean, definitely important for us to work on ourselves to be able to give. Um, I know we're we're similar in that way. Um, what are some ways that you've been grounding yourself? So, for now, I've actually I've been doing a lot more, you know, creative arts things whether it's been me you know delving into more um production beat making whether that's been actually 
practicing the piano. I just recently got a kalimba, so now I've been playing with the kalimba. And if anyone, if y'all don't know, a kalimba is basically a thumb piano, and it originates in Africa. Um, as well as I've gotten more into my meditation, whether that's you know mindfulness or just listening to the you know sounds around you. As well as I've done um, a practice called Falun Gong, which is also very similar to Tai Chi and Qigong. Hmm. And what else have I really been doing? And I mean, sometimes, of course, I've been also playing, you know, games when I have have time to do so to to run it off. But really, really keeping myself, you know, grounded in a lot of those things and and focused. Hmm. Yeah, those seem like really, yeah, nourishing activities um, to be doing, especially, you know, during a pandemic, during quarantine. Yeah. Yes. Sure. Yeah, man. Um, One thing I was curious about is we start to hear more about your, you as a hip hop artist. Um, You know, I wanted to hear how you became, I guess, you know, a hip hop fan. I know, Mm. you know, we went, to like a black catholic elementary school so it was, <laughs> you know we were you know i think you know hip-hop was just around because of the students and stuff and but it was a lot of like the popular artists um you know like sixth seventh eighth grade it was you know like ti 50 cent and Ludacris, t-pain like those types of artists and things and you know it seemed yeah. like at least from the outside looking in there came a point where you um, delve deeper into the hip hop culture. So I was just curious, um, your journey, your like your progression in becoming like s- kind of steeped in in the culture of hip hop. Beautiful, yeah, bro. So I'm 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 thinking back, and my first my first into hip hop really came from yeah, really like my, my family and more so, you know, who was around me. So, I mean, before hip-hop, I really listened to a lot of um, R&B and soul music because my mom, every time she was around the house or if I went to my grandmother's house, they would always be playing some form of some soul. So I know about some Ashford and Simpson. I know about some of the Spinners. I know about the OJs. Okay. Like, you know, a number, a number of people when it came to soul and R&B, like I was on Chico de Barge, there was Joe, um, Daniel, Daniel Jones. Um, who else? There's a lot of people. There's a lot of people. So I can say when it came to at least music and being informed around music, definitely my, you know, my family helped with that. Specifically hip hop. It's really it's really difficult for me to remember, you know, what particular, you know, artist was my first into hip hop. But I can definitely say those who have been in my life very early due to hip hop. Definitely. We've had the Tupac Shakur's. You've had, you know, some of the commons. Mm -hmm. You've had the Eminem's. You've had the Curtis Blows. You had the the Molly Maws, like a lot of the Furious Five, you have, who else? Um, Yes, like you were saying, was some of the 50 Cent, hearing some Biggie. I wasn't really on Biggie that much, but, you know, I would hear Biggie, got your Jay-Z's, 
So like this is music like my, that my aunt, my auntie and my uncles and them were you would play while I was around. So mm-hmm. that's what came and engrossed into my you know appetite of at least hip hop and what you know that was to me like oh, okay this is rap all right cool as well as the Ice Cubes in WA you say that too. Yeah, how old would you say you were while you were listening to all this stuff? Like just growing up throughout your kind of growing up. I would I would say I remember uh, listening to a lot of this really beyond the like the second grade like a lot of this started you know more so was clicking like before then it was just of course stuff being played in the background and I'm just kind of like ooh like at a moment in time I was on like the whole Space Jam soundtrack like literally oh, yeah. listening to all of that stuff and hearing like Bugs Bunny rapping and like Coolio and Seal and like a lot of these other artists Monica like all you know in there as well as Salt and Pepper but yeah I would say yeah around around second grade so I mean I'm not going to you know, I'm trying to get like the age range for that is. That's know. like maybe seven, you know, maybe mm-hmm. about around there. We we'll just go right. with seven. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, thank you for that. I mean, breaking that down. I know last week on the, you know, what's the word Wednesday, you were sharing with me some of the, the samples you've been doing. And, you know, you've been picking a lot of like so really soulful samples um, to flip. Mm-hmm. So it seems like, you know, that that influence is you know coming out you know from what you were listening yeah. to growing up and you're incorporating yes, I, to, yeah, your music now that's what's up mm-hmm. yeah and that's i mean that's i guess the the history of hip-hop you know flipping those those soul samples but um yep. sweet man so you know now we talked about your influences what about you know, you as a hip hop artist, like, could you give me like, maybe, you know, how you see your progression, like, you know, how you first got into it, you know? Um, yeah. And then to now. Yeah, I got you, bro. Yeah. So it, it definitely stems, you know, back from what I've listened, I listened to. And I can say to another group that I've really got into, you know, music heavy too, as well as Linkin Park. All right. Like, there was something yeah. that I listened to so much Lincoln Park. It was it was ridiculous of like, you know, Mike Shinoda, Chester, John, like all of them playing. Like I got into that very early. So that I have very vivid memories of like second, third, fourth, fifth listening to that. And like teachers get getting on me about that too. Like Mr. <laughs> Robbins and like, you know, a number of teachers is getting on me about that. Man. man. Um, but Funny thing is, bro, my my emergence into hip hop, it did it did stem back from MRS days, Mary Regina, man. Um I, you know, always liked listening to stuff. So I would remember the lyrics and rhymes, and of course I come and just, you know, just just listen to them, you know, rap them out and just like just saying them. But it's usually it was usually to myself. But bro, once we once we hit fifth grade and you know, the brother Russell came through. Um, I always credit this to him because when he came through, that's when I really started getting more into hip hop because then he started getting like groups of us together to try to rap battle against each other as well as, you know, just like spit out a rhyme and really get into that art of music. So once fifth grade from there hit, I began to really 
you know, look more into like hip hop as, as the art. And as I moved from there to fifth grade in sixth grade, I mean, I also was going to church too during this time. And I was a part of, um, was that first, it's not first communion, but it's freaking confirmation. There we right, go. Right, yeah. I was part of confirmation class. And that's where I started doing a lot more of my writing. Like you'll get time to do free writes. And I remember I would just really be writing and creating songs. And a part of that stemmed from, you know, me being like, dang, a lot of these people that I do listen to and, and who are influencing me, um, there's some of the music out there that I'm not enjoying right now. And instead of me complaining about I'm not enjoying that, why don't I become part of the solution and start creating that myself? So from there, from there in sixth grade, I was like, you know what? Let's just start writing and making our own music. Mm-hmm. I love that, man. Yeah, I relate to that. I mean, there have been times, especially like starting out early on where, um, you know, for me, I felt like, you know, people weren't talking on a specific topic or like people that look like me weren't making certain types of music um and even like to this day that's something that kind of helps me you know to move forward and, and put my voice out there that's really interesting yeah and shout yeah, out yeah. to russell man rubber ducky russ man rubber ducky russ up in here look he made his way all the way back around now he is a battle rapper <laughs> right i know beating people like really win it that's wild and to do that you know with starting off so early with friends and i remember you know you know, the guys at, you know, our school, we would be making beats on the, you know, lunch the tables table. outside. Me and Suli. <laughs> oh, y'all were so good at it. It was fire. Like, it was, like, really intricate beats on the table, man. Those are good times. I remember. I remember that in eighth grade where we was all over at the eighth grade area, and <laughs> me and Suli was over there making a beat. You have, like, Eric and, like, the whole class just going around, just, like, we dancing and just having yeah. a good time. Eric is uh, jumping from table to table. And then, like, literally somebody was like, oh, oh, Miss Poore, she's coming, she's coming. And we all stopped. And we're just, like, going yeah. and doing whatever we're doing. She looks at us suspicious. <laughs> yeah. And then after that, she walks away. And then we just go back to doing what we were doing, bro. That was that was oh, fun. That, uh, that's great times man oh man you know and then everybody like remaking the grinding beat like that was the thing <laughs> bro so many people doing that right for real wow okay so you know around fifth grade really like you know honing in um zoning in on hip-hop as art and then you know sixth eighth grade you know starting to write your own stuff Mm-hmm. So how does the first Survival Chronicles come come together? Mm. All right. So this is now you know, like 11 moved. years ago. So this is, you know, I'm asking you to, to really recall some things, you know what I mean? Oh, but, yeah. No, you good, bro. Because I always, mm-hmm. always go back and listen to a lot of older stuff that I did. And I'll, I'll share with you, you know, the progression of that as we're going. Cool. But yeah, yeah. so it's, it's fine. I, re- I recall a lot of this. So... Moving past after, you know, eighth grade now into high school. So this is roughly, this is around 2007, 2008. And now since I've been, you know, gotten to write this, I've got out confirmation class, you know, been confirmed, all of that. I, you know, I began to start, you know, researching and looking into different artists, you know, just like just different people in general. Sorry, so, sorry, one second. I just, I got to ask. So when you were writing those songs initially, like what types of 
topics were you writing about? One of the songs I can remember, it was actually inspired by an uh, Outkast song, mm. um, which was, I think it was Last Train. I think it's the last train off of their album Idlewild, which was that movie that was created. Right, right. Mm-hmm. But it was a song called God. It was like, God, don't make no mistakes. Like, I was writing mm-hmm. rhymes around something like that because I kept it, you know, more centered in that because it was just free rights at, mm-hmm. you know, at confirmation class. But a lot of my other stuff, they, it was a lot more of free written, free written stuff and based around beats from like I told like I was going um say around a lot of artists I started looking into as well as producers mm, so okay. yeah. a lot of my material that's on the first you know survival chronicles it stems back from those producers and people that I you know were listening to mm, so mm. yeah a lot of the topics were about either it's talking about was god about life mm. about me just randomly rapping about you know, just me being cool, rapping about vegetables randomly, like, bro, it, it, it was really more so, like, just free form, like, me figuring out my, you know, my style and the art when it came to what yeah. did I want to rap about, what do I want to bring out into the world, and what is going to mold me as an individual and an and artist. Mm-hmm. So... After, you know, after that, after that progression there, the the cool thing that would happen, this is around the time, so then YouTube's already been out for a couple of years. Mm-hmm. So roughly around that time, I started doing random just YouTube um, searches. So I'll just type in like maybe one or two letters in the top bar and I'll mm-hmm. click on people and I'm like, oh, this is how I found out about Flying Lotus, which this dude is mad dope. Um, he is, um, electronic hip hop. Like he's a very experimental, um, dude as well, but I got into flying Lotus. Another producer that I was heavy on, and these are going to be few that I've talked about that go into my project. Another producer was ninth wonder. And I like his style of how he samples, you know, soul music and, you know, creates his drums and beats around that. And this is just from randomly typing, you know, typing in as well as, the last artist, or last producer, a lot of these were producers I found, was a, um, a jazz hip-hop producer named Nujibes, which this guy, oh man, like he's, he's, he's worked with a lot of people that, you know, are very dope within the hip-hop jazz scene right now. And I've actually, right now I've been to, I've had the pleasure to actually meet a lot of these people yeah. in person oh and actually, oh, you know, get to really chop it up with them, knowing how mm-hmm. legendary these people are and right, what right. they and what they do. But, mm-hmm. but yeah, but Nujabes, he was he was another one that I listened to when it came to producers. So, moving into that, I did a lot of those searches and I just found a lot of people just either through YouTube or just googling stuff or how I would do it too is there'd be one artist that's similar to another artist and I connect with them and then I connect with another one and I find out that they actually have a group together and I'm like, wait, what? They have a group? And then, bro, I just, it continued to just grow and grow and grow and grow. Like I can tell you so many other artists that just from those few searches that I did that I stemmed out to as well as was introduced to 
it's it's very it's very very dope. So I don't know if you want where you want me to continue if not running off yeah. to No, I see that's amazing and um yeah, and that's interesting. That yeah, it just sounds really exciting to, you know, just be discovering new artists like that. Those moments of just uncovering like, oh, this is dope. Oh, this is dope. Oh, they're in a group. Like, yeah, that just seems, you know, really exciting. Um, yeah. yeah. So it sounds like, you know, you were really heavily influenced by producers. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of producers as well as, I mean, like I said, artists. It was a mix of me, once again, finding out what parts of, you know, the hip hop culture was, you know, speaking and calling out to me. Mm-hmm. Because... I get such a wide range from, you know, you have Tupac with a lot more, you know, street, if not, you know, the conscience, if you want to say it, mm-hmm. as well as you have your ice cubes with the gangster rap, you have your commons with, mm-hmm. you know, that conscious hip hop, as well as your most deaths, your Tyler Paulese. Right, right. And for me also too, Sean Price is another one. He's like the in-between, like he's like the raw gutter. I'm in your face oh. about to mess with, you know, like for me, it's like, I got okay. a wide range of at least mm. hip hop, but also other supporting, you know, genres. Mm. Like I said, rock, you got mm. your soul, you have your R&B and just learning how a lot of that intermixed. And that's how I found people too, because they would feature on other people's tracks uh, and they were right. together. So I was like, oh, so you did a track with Tupac and oh, you did a track with such and such. I'm like, I actually like your stuff. Like, this is really yeah. nice. But yeah, as I did that, bro, yeah, I, that created and started to form at, at least my taste in music. Uh, and now going into the first mixtape, or first yeah. project that I would put out yeah. um, 2009, which was called The Survival Chronicles, um it it started with and this is about me now about into 10th grade now like ninth in the 10th grade mm-hmm. and this idea actually started with me listening to a beat from mm-hmm. ninth wonder all right <laughs> and the first thing when i was listening to it and this is a still part of my process as we go and i can get into it later but i'll listen to the beat and figure out what is the what is it trying to say to me in terms of what does it want to be written about. Ooh, okay. So the first thing that came to my head when I was listening to it over and over was about surviving. And I'm wondering like, mm-hmm. why is it, you know, why am I writing about that? Oh. Or why does it want me to write about that? So that's why I legitimately say that's my first song ever recorded as well too, which is um, Survive. And based oh. off of that song being recorded, which it was recorded very jankly, <laughs> but I mean, at this, you know, at this point, it was I just wanted to get and hear my voice and get myself out there. Right. That's where the whole concept of the Survival Chronicles, you know, came, not knowing mm. that I was going to make two other ones, you know, right. later on. But mm. that's the idea of where that came from. And I remember recording that first song. I had another good friend of mine who's in in the neighborhood and he was making music with some of his friends too. And they were doing it off of um, Windows Media Player. I don't know how they did it, but like they somehow, Movie Maker knows Movie Maker. Oh, okay. They somehow somehow wired it to where they were able to like record vocals and things and like create the tracks. I don't know, bro. 
That's all I have to say. Um, I don't know how, but he was able yeah. to do it. So then he told me, he was like, yeah, man, if you ever want to, like, you got a song ready or a track, like, bring it and we can record it. Wow. So I went over to his house and I remember with my notepad, I'm, I'm on my skateboard at this time too. I, hey. I was skating as well, yeah. heavy in the skateboarding. Mm -hmm. And I'm skating there. And when I get there, we sit down, we getting things set up and ready. I... Like, you know, this is the first time I'm really feeling mad nervous. And I was just like, dang, like how, you know, how am I going to be prepared for this? Mm -hmm. And knowing how he told me the setup was, which it was only a one take. So you had to do oh. it in one take, yeah, how okay. it was done. I don't know, bro, but like, I'll, I'll continue on about this, that whole thing, bro, which is very funny. But so it was a one take and figuring out, I got to do the chorus and rap, everything all still continuing as the track was going. There was no pauses or breaks. Mm. So my first initial time that I recorded it, man, I was, I was mad nervous. Like, mm. I mean, every time I still go back and listen to it, that's my initial, like my feelings in that moment when I wow. recorded it. And it was really dope to, you know, do that. Cause then also if like, I, you know, if you be hearing, you're looking here in the background, like my homie's also in the back somewhat like singing along with it. And like mm -hmm. when the song ends, you be hearing him, he's like, yeah, yeah. Like that's him at the oh. end. So like that first initial, that's where like I, I did like it. It was, you know, it was nerve wracking. But mm -hmm. like when I did it, I was like, yo, this is fun. Like oh, now man. I want to do more of this. Now, how do I get me a setup to be able to do this? Mm -hmm. I see. Man. So when you did the one take, was it that you could only do so the version that you had was that the first take or was it that you did multiple like one takes all the way through? I did if when I yeah, and I recall I had to do, you know, multiple it was multiple one takes. Mm -hmm. So there was no pause in between because yeah. Windows move, movie uh, maker it there mm -hmm. there was nothing like I like could pause, break, pause. Right, right. And 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 so I basically did, you know, multiple one takes, but I didn't think it, it didn't actually take that long. I believe mm -hmm. I got it after my second and third try. Okay. Because, I mean, yeah, I mean, it's definitely not easy to do the whole song <laughs> in one take, um, especially if you're doing switching from raps to hooks. Um, yeah, so that's, that's wild. That's, that's, that's just fascinating, especially considering the song is, you know, called Survive and then to have that energy on that song like with that topic that's really interesting i'm gonna go back and and listen but you know so then you were like okay let me i gotta you just really felt like that was feeding you and you felt the energy like energized and you're like i gotta get my own setup yes so after i did after after that song happened i literally started doing my research and figuring out you know equipment wise and stuff and what i could do hmm. so i remember and I was doing a lot of this too on my desk on a desktop that I had a while back. And you know, the first programs that I was looking up and finding, you know, I started recording in Audacity. So mm -hmm. like I basically rooted myself in like, oh, this actually works. I looked up and saw people using this. So now let me just give me some setups for this. Mm -hmm. So I went and I got first I had a a bootleg, like the little 
little mics that you can just plug into the headphone or like the microphone jack and it just sticks out. It's just like a little random. Oh, right. Yeah. So yeah, like yeah, I, I had the little, the little cheapy little one there and like I started recording using that as well as I was using like handheld mics, like mm. getting like a small little handheld mic and doing it. Oh, okay. doing it. Mm. And mm. then finally I, I think it was also it was with the help of both my mom and my auntie that mm. I invested in a, I think it was an M audio. It was an M audio microphone, a USB one. Mm-hmm. So then I had got me an M audio um M- USB microphone and mm-hmm. got to be able to start doing all of my recordings. So come from that track, we got the first project, Survival Chronicles finished. Mm-hmm. And a lot of it, fun facts, a lot of it that I that was made in it too. If not about I'll say about 90% of it. If not, almost, I'm really thinking, if not almost 100% of it, I'll say, I'll just be, I'll be nice. 95% of it was all, all of them were all one takes. Like, as in, when I mean one takes, as in, I didn't stop and break to mm-hmm. say the chorus. Yeah. I didn't start back to do the verse. And the thing is, the reason why is because, bro, at that time, it wasn't in my mind to be like, oh, yeah, I can actually just do the verse, stop. Right. <laughs> Re-record and do the, you know, the chorus, stop mm. and then do that is because yeah. from the first song I made, bro, I thought, oh, that's just the norm. I have to right. just record the whole thing in one take. Yeah. So yeah. so <laughs> so most of if not all of those all of the songs on Survival Chronicles, the that first one, it was all mm. one takes. There was that's no wild. breaks in between. That's wild, man. That's really interesting. Dang, one take. Man, that's a lot of songs to do. Just one take, too. <laughs> Whoa. Uh, wow. Dang. But yeah. No, that, that's impressive, man. Wow. Hmm. That's dope. Hmm. Hmm. Okay. So, wow. So that was the first one. And yeah, tell me more about <laughs> the concept of, you know, because you started with that one song, Survive. Yes. How did it experience the whole project? So the whole idea of it was really me giving myself, you know, now now me knowing, giving myself my, you know, my ideas of how do you survive in this world Mm. through through the songs that I was creating and knowing like, okay, like, what do I need? What do I need to do to be able to, to push through this life that we're living? Mm -hmm. So I started just doing a lot of different, different tracks. Like I have a song actually with my, one of my cousins on there and she's singing It's called glad I made it. And Mm -hmm. it just, it's just talking about, you know, how, you know, I thought I wasn't, I thought it was going to be the end, but I'm glad that I ended up making it regardless. You know, very simple, you know, very simple, you know, concept wise. Um, Candice on there? Yeah. Yeah, Candice was on that thing. Yeah. Yeah. That was good. That was nice. Um, so, like, a lot of these tracks, it really was really giving a hint to myself of 
how I set myself up with a list a list of things to where I'm going to, you know, pursue in life as well as how I'm going to pursue in life and how do I want to, you know, make this whole idea of surviving in life. What is that going to look like? So that's why I just ran with it. And a lot of the tracks I would throw on there, some of them, yes, I have. I have two freestyles on there. Mm. I have, what else? Yeah, majority of the songs that I'm seeing on here too, because I'm also looking at it as, we, um, as we're talking oh, so I can get some point of reference. True. A lot of these songs too, a lot of them were influenced by like people who are in my you know surrounding area. I also, there, dude, there's a song on there um called i'm loving it bro and i actually somewhat dedicated it to, to um trevante <laughs> oh, <laughs> wait did yeah. you used to say that was that like a no. thing you say like from mcdonald's from mcdonald's yeah like you know the i'm loving it was that something he would oh, like say or something like a little inside no. joke type thing or like what was that no no, I thought of that in, 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 you know, in retrospect, but when you hear the, when I heard the beat, which is a flying, it's a flying Lotus beat hmm. and the person that was on it, it sounded like they were saying, or she was saying, I'm loving it. So that's why I ran with, yeah, like I ran with the idea of, okay, I'm loving it, but it didn't have to do nothing with McDonald's, but like later on, you know, like conceptual wise too, that probably was a part of, you know, the play but not known but yeah is the reason why it was it was just a whole day about like me and him we went to the mall we were trying to call people up to come with us to go to the mall just to uh-huh. enjoy and have fun like mm-hmm. that's all that was about was just like having oh, okay. fun like i'm loving you know i'm loving like, having fun with people i know right just a great time like a great day like this is amazing like a fun time yeah uh, i see well that's that's awesome um let me see. Let me see. Oh dang! I had a question, and then it slipped me. It is. It's. Mm. I'm gonna. It's. It's right. It's right here. It's right here. The tip of the see. tongue. It's on the tip of the tongue. So you were saying, um. Oh my goodness. Mm-hmm. That was a good one too. That was a good one. If, if oh, it comes man. back, write it down. I know. True. but yeah um from yeah from there man just i compiled basically for the first one is 19 tracks bro right man that's a lot it's it's technically it's honestly it's actually technically 20 but i removed one track oh how come at this point bro i was mad embarrassed at that one track like Mm -hmm. really badly embarrassed but that track was it was inspired it was a you can say it was it was a a gospel or a religious you know a track that was inspired at the moment Mm -hmm. because there was a thing too bro where at my church they were starting this for youth it was called hip-hop church and one of the the creators of hip-hop church bro i actually got Mm -hmm. to see and meet curtis blow so he would came to our church and we would sponsor these, you know, hip hop churches where people come and perform and, you know, you know, show their art, but within the realms of being, you know, in church. Mm-hmm. I was, you know, at that point, I was not ready to do a lot of that. I was, you know, very self-conscious of wanting to share my art or do any of that. So mm-hmm. I came back from one 
hip hop church, you know, one night and literally I sat down and I wrote, I wrote this song that, you know, I told you I don't have on it. Like only a few people, few people know about the song. But the reason why I didn't like, I didn't personally like it is because of, to me, it sounded very cheesy. Mm -hmm. It was very, it was very corny to myself and especially how I was singing. I was like, Mm -hmm. nah, I'm good. Mm -hmm. I see. Yeah. I mean, I imagine, you know, even like back then, and it's even, I guess, like even on those topics, it can be kind of hard to do. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, I do remember what I was going to say. It was, I thought, it, I just thought it was interesting because um, you mentioned that the kind of the overall theme of that project is, you know, you thinking about how to survive life and live life, and you were, you know, in like 10th grade, ninth grade when you were thinking about that. So that's kind of, you know, in that stage where you're kind of looking forward to the future and thinking about how am I gonna, you know, you know, exactly. survive life and get through life and, and do this in a meaningful way. Yep, exactly. So, yeah, that's interesting, okay. Um, yeah, so then, yeah, so how did it feel to, to have that first project done and to put it out? Um. I was, I was honestly, I was excited. I, you know, I had a lot of demos beforehand that I did show a few people, especially one, um, one person in particular too, that also pushed me to, you know, continue making stuff, which was my godmother, um, Mm -hmm. you know, may she pass, you know, she passed on, but you know, she she really got to hear some of the songs that I was coming up with and figuring out. And she was like, yeah, like, if you keep working on it, you know, I might be able to use and take these to, like, my job and be able to show it to people. And, like, when I'm doing, you know, my work, and, you know, she was hyping me up in that way. So when I did drop this, bro, I, I actually created a, the cover art for it. And I did a background, like the back of it. Like I did a whole CD for it, bro. And I passed them out to the family. I passed out to family friends. So like they have a copy of it. It's just a burnt CD with like my, you know, signature and stuff on, on the front of it. But it had the picture in the front and it had the track list in the back. And it was like, it was in a case and I just gave it to everybody. Oh, that's great. But what made it more memorable, especially in, it actually pushed me to do a lot more too was, you know, the unfortunate, you know, event, like I told you earlier, like my godmother, she passed away. Mm-hmm. And the, the thing that really, it really hit me. And I was just like, man, like I was like really blown away about it was the night before she did pass away. My mm-hmm. mom, my auntie, uncle, grandma, like a lot of them all got together and, you know, we're having a good time together. And my, like, I, I forgot either it was one of my aunties or my uncle. They had the CD and literally they were there playing the whole thing for her. So literally the last thing that she got to hear mm-hmm. was actually my first mixtape being played. Wow. So I was mm-hmm. like, I was straight up like, you know, I was blown away because of the fact that, of course, just that immediate, you know, moment of that happening and, you know, having the grief. But from my mom telling me, like, yeah, the last thing she heard when she, you know, before she did, she listened. We were there sitting all listening to the mixtape and she was mm-hmm. liking it. And I was just like, wow. 
like it really made me like like you know what like for sure now like i'm gonna be doing this for family and friends for sure like right now and continue to expand on wow man that's really beautiful and profound um and powerful i mean and i just imagine it feeling very affirming um for you you know as a you know as a budding artist and especially that being your first project and to just feel that you know acceptance and approval from the people you love and care about the most especially yeah i mean your your innermost family um yeah like your 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 tightest circle and then you know your grandmother i mean your godmother who mm-hmm. um, was such an influence on your your artistry and to keep going with that too yeah yeah no that stuff gets me man wow mm. um and you were going by thesis at the time yes yes um, how'd you decide to go by thesis so fun fact i actually at first i had the most generic rat name ever before i started really recording stuff and it was mm-hmm. c money like it was legitimately the most generic name that you can have because mm-hmm. people would you know, some people would literally just be making you say like, yeah, what's up, see money Like, you just playing. Yeah. So mm-hmm. I had that as well as another fun fact. Um, once again, I'm going to bring up Trey because me and Trey did get to spend a lot of time since we were around in the same area and we did skate a lot together too. Oh, nice. This fool kept on trying to name me Little Caesar. Like, <laughs> bruh, I, he literally was. And I'm like, bro, don't you know that's one of 50 Cent's first names? Why are you trying to name me oh. after that? Ooh, yeah, one of 50 Cent's first names is Little Caesar, yeah. I mean, you don't want that smoke, man. I mean, you know. <laughs> <laughs> but when it came to figuring out, you know, thesis, I I started getting into a lot of I forgot what it was. I forgot what it was called at the time, but it was like some type of like Roman saying whether like your name can can spell out a phrase. Mm. I for, I just I it's I'm losing it right now but yeah when it came to thesis I literally it just randomly popped up in my head so I did a quick google search and started seeing if there was anybody else named thesis and the mm. only thesis I found at that time before mm. you know google was able to get more stuff going was uh, a b-boy named thesis so then mm. I started getting in and started watching some b-boy and all the other stuff right. but thesis just came from just the idea of and this is where i got the roman saying name of like he is this like if i added in a couple more letters like he can do this he can do that plus thesis is also the the statement within an essay that you you know end up you know having to state for people to know what's going on the main topic the main thing that's happening is the thesis statement so that's where i just was like you know what i'm gonna run with this name thesis there it is I get it. It's like, you know, this is my voice. This is what I'm saying to the world right now. This is my statement. Your statement. What you're standing for. I see. Yeah. Okay. Um, yeah. And, and how do you see kind of those, those next steps for you at that time, um, you know, after you put out your first project? I definitely got to do a lot more of collaborating and getting into more art and more music with 
people at my high school. And still at this time, I still had it under the wraps that, you know, I was making music and I was rapping because I just didn't like sharing it. So only a select few of people knew that I was rapping. And even though people would catch like me and a few other people, we would be in a circle ciphering and just like rapping, like either after school or I actually did play football. I was in a band. Um, I ran track for a couple of years and I also did cross country. So like within those same, in those, you know, those sports, I had friends and like we all grouped together. And sometimes like if we were bored after a practice, like we just start rapping in the circle, start coming up with just random, you know, songs or just, just the, just the, you know, express ourselves. So as that progressed, I got to get more in contact with a few other people, you know, in my school and start, either featuring on their projects or mm-hmm. starting to get them influenced into our projects. Wow. And this is where I started to, you know, dig a lot more into, okay, like what are going to be my, you know, my next few projects. Mm-hmm. And that's where the idea of like, Ooh, now I want to, you know, I'm going to go off on the side and the one-off one that I ended up doing was called walk this way. Right. Yeah. That's the 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 other mixtape, and mm-hmm. this is where I'm literally was just once again figuring out all right, what path am I going to take when it comes music wise? Let's mm-hmm. you know experiment with some stuff. Let's try mm-hmm. to do a club track. Let's mm-hmm. try to do a a track about you know just random stuff and just rapping or talk about a track where you know you're using the whole metaphor of you know, hip hop and like loving hip hop, but also akinning it to a girl. So very similar to Com, you know, um, Common, which he used to go by Common Sense, where his song was like, I used to love her. So like using that and like also, you know, getting inspired from him to also create my own idea of like, okay, this is my relationship and love with hip hop and this is what I'm seeing. Right, yeah. So... Yeah, this is where I started really honing it a lot more. I started collabing. I got to collab a couple times with Russell again. You know, at the time, he was going by King Rust, you know. And I got to collaborate with, I don't know if you remember Robert. Yeah, he's a year under us. Yeah. Like, bro, that's still my my brother from another to this day. Like, to this day, I always let him know that. Mm. he helped me sharpen my iron when it came to writing too because when he would drop something to hear something i'm like man this sounds good like now i need to step it up Mm. so we did a lot of me and him did a lot of stuff together on this walk this way mixtape which fun fact this dude has three different names on this mixtape (laughs) (laughs) he went through a phase trying to figure out his name and this dude was the kid this dude was the whiz and then this dude was um louis b and i'm like bro figure your name out <laughs> let me see okay so i'm looking at it i see king russ the kid mm-hmm. i see the kid louis b so he's just really <laughs> featured as different names on the same project yeah yeah Big A, but that's you know in those early stages figuring out your identity you know yeah. exactly yeah so no i get that i get that that's cool um i didn't know that he rapped that's cool man. bro he can he he definitely can go in when he wants to for sure 
Mm -hmm. Wow. And you were, so from the beginning, pretty much you, I mean, you, you had your first project, but you know, after that, well, even on the first project you're collaborating, but you know, from the beginning, you're mm-hmm. kind of building with, you know, your peers and, and people that you know, like your friends. Yeah. Mm. Wow. So then after that, you know, you're in, you try out that line, you're like trying out just different types of songs and then you decide, yeah. okay, we need a, we need a, to continue this survival chronicle story. Yeah. And in between, yeah, in between that, when it came to the walk this way, I also was at the time too dabbling a bit in, you know, creating beats mm, at the same nice. time. But I was playing around with it because the same person who shot out to the brother Jonathan, Mr. Yoni, um, he. He had also was also like I said, he was creating music at the time too. So we also got to collab on like some like some other things. But mm-hmm. he started getting into making beats and was showing me programs to use. So like mm-hmm. me and him was making beats together to, you know, start making like some songs for us to create together. And that's where I also began to invest in finding programs to, you know, make beats, which I remember very vividly this time my auntie specifically when we went to this was at best buy went to best buy and she and it was on sale too she purchased um sony sony asset seven okay okay and is that a program a recording program it was for making beats okay music production making beats. yes Hmm. so I, from there, I missed, I was messing around with that and, you know, just having yeah. fun while I was also, you know, creating a lot of my songs and, you know, tracks and figuring, you know, music out. Mm, so, so that was one of the main softwares you were using to start learning to make beats? Yeah, it was just the yeah. Sony Asset. Yeah, Sony Asset Pro. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then from there, like, I, you know, I was playing around and I was, you know, creating my own little beat tapes and you know figuring out like you know what what that looked like too trying to create beats and then trying to rhyme on them so right i went into you know making my whole beat tape which was he is this mm-hmm. which that you know it, it went out later on like when i started doing it but you know there's a few songs on there like my name is my name is and then I changed the My Name is Thesis and like literally just once again introducing myself to like, oh, look, it, I'm making a beat and I'm rhyming on the beat, right. which that that whole song, too, was actually, if I'm correct, it was freestyled, which was another which is another at least key element that I wanted to hold on to as an artist was like, yo. What if, like, I'll keep one song throughout, like, the mixtapes or just even in my own art where it's a whole freestyle song for y'all to have? So because of the fact of I did a lot of that, too, when it came to, like, writing and creating, I'll let you know, too, um, number of songs, too, that I was writing and creating. If I got tired and I didn't want to write another verse, I just freestyled it. So Mm -hmm. a lot of my songs were intermixed with, like, were not mixed like, but had a element of this was written, but then also this was freestyle. Oh, dope. Yeah. Oh, that's interesting. I mean, yeah, that's, yeah, that's a clever way to, to go about it. Um, 
yeah, just, yeah, I'm thinking about, you know, songs that, you know, I've done. There's just a, a creative way to finish the song off. And because um, some people would just like, okay, like I, I need another verse on this. I'm gonna just put it aside and let it sit. But you were able to, you know, be ingenious and come up with a way to like, I'm gonna use like hip hop culture and like go ahead and finish the song. And now it's on this project as, uh, you know, partly written, partly freestyle. Yes. Mm-hmm. And, and then from there, that's where a lot of the covers too, that are from this too, I created them using, um, a pro- I don't know what the program was, but it was an online program. So I was making mm-hmm. my own cover arts, even like I Why said, they look rinky dink, but I don't remember the name of it, but oh. I was also creating the cover arts and then, it got to a point where I did a lot more collaborating and I was like, you know what, let's revisit the survival Chronicles and let's make a volume two to it. And so that's where I come. And this is 2000, this is 2011. So this is me, my year graduating from high school. So, Uh, hmm. so this was literally dropped in, in August, if I'm correct. Hmm. So this is post graduation. And like, these were a lot of people that, I got to, you know, know in high school as well as there's also some people from my church that I got to collaborate with and make songs with. But this was a continuation of, okay, now that I gave given myself, you know, these ideas of how I'm going to survive in life. Now, let me tell the story of how I'm going to get there mm. or how this is going to be created. So the, the name itself, I'm over here, end up playing a song, my bad. But the name itself, um, of the whole mixtape itself is called, you know, Survivor Chronicles, you know, volume two, the story within life. So then just giving you the whole idea of, okay, like I said, I'm doing this, but how am I going to do it? Mm-hmm. So I just go through talking about, you know, I'm living, I'm trying to, this is how I'm trying to live right here. This is just another day in the life of me figuring things out, you know, when you hear that good music, it makes you feel a certain way. So when I know I heard heard it, I want to be able to give that out to other people. You know, there's times where I feel like I'm off off the pad, path and I'm being misled, but it's okay because that's a part of the process of figuring out this life. Yeah. So that whole, the second volume more so was about now of like the action of now, how am I going to do all that I talked about in the first yeah. one. Mm-hmm. Interesting, interesting. And were you also um, producing on that one? No, so all of these mixtapes were mm-hmm. all from beats that I was inspired by at the moment. Uh, so this one, this one had a lot, I had a few more producers. It still had some influences from, if I'm correct, Ninth Wonder definitely was still on this. I also had one one of the beats on there was supposedly was a new Jabez beat, but then it actually came out to be somebody else completely different. Mm. Um, I, I'm saying I think there's a Flying Lotus beat on there, as well as there's another producer I had got into at the moment, which was um, R2. R2, um, J2, like that dude, his stuff is pretty dope too. And he's the one I heard about when it came to 
if you put in, I think it's like your um, 10,000 hours into any craft that you not mastered, not more, more so mastered it, but you've gotten a really great grasp on it. And he's mm. one of the first that I've heard talk about that. And he's a producer mm. himself. Mm. Um, but yeah, I didn't, I kept, these were just, you know, from other producers when I was inspired mm. or heard this song, I'm like, yo, I, this is the song I want to make right here. And mm. it's, right. you know, inspired by them. And I know I'm not going to be making right now. My whole thing was not like, oh, in my head, I'm like, I'm gonna make some money off of this. Right now, my whole idea was like, I'm just, cre- I'm creating this art, and I'm having so much fun with it that I just want to share it out. It doesn't matter right now that it's, you know, any monetary gain with it. It's more so, I just really feel it, and I want to put it out there. Right. Yeah. Hmm. Wow. I see. And yeah, tell me more about the collaborations on on that project. So the collaborations on this one, a lot of them were, once again, a lot of friends from from high school, Mm -hmm. as well as, like I said, my brother that that helped me first record a track. So I always made sure that I always brought him back in, as well as, like I said, friends from church, and we started getting into the to making music but yeah it was a lot of a lot of people that around my time there that were on that either a similar path mm-hmm. or they were in that vicinity of what i was there creating one of one of the people on there and to this day like i still get to hit up and talk with him because me him and darius i've told darius this number of times even though now he's a father and you know doing his thing i told him between me my other brother's name was Brian, which he went by the name Myth. It was going to be me, him, and Darius were going to make a group together. And, like, that's what we were going to do. Like, still to this day, I'm like, even if we just put one project out, like, I'm fine with that. But, right. you know, it's just the idea of, like, right now, like, I definitely, like, honed in. I'm like, you, you're that person right now that's also helped me to continue to sharpen mm-hmm. as well as I'm having, I'm having fun with this creation process. So he was one of them. And then I got, once again, I got Robert still on there again, because like me and him back and forth, literally I, he would walk to my house or halfway and then I'll come get him and we'll come. Like we were that close in that vicinity. Like he lived right by Marie Regina. Like he was very close. So me, me and him would go and do that and like make music, come in, come into the house. Like I remember one day where it was me, Mm-hmm. him my brother um brian and when i mean my brother y'all i mean as in like a really a really great friend mm-hmm. like we're not related but you know but still mm-hmm. um my, and my other friend deandre i had another friend mario and then other brother was daryl and it was like a whole group of us in the house mm-hmm. when my mom's not here so she's like going off she's at work and literally like we came in to start doing like creating and just rapping and coming onto the mic and bro that day was mad funny like so much was going on like there's so many people in there it's like bro we should order a pizza and get some food like mm-hmm. it was it was like that many people like there's a few more like i said i didn't name off the top but right. it was a lot of us there and like it was it was mm-hmm. it was very fun filled and when 
everything was all done. We got to record, do what we did, and everybody was out. I remember my mom came home, and one of my few of my homies who were on the couch, they was playing around and they was pillow fighting. So I don't know. My mom was very perceptive. So when she got home, she came in. I was in a room just chilling, and she was like, "Calvin, who was on my couch? Like, who was over there playing on my couch?" Oh man! And I'm I'm over here like, um, oh yeah, mom. Not um, I had I had like a few few people over, but like yeah, I, you know, but I didn't know like they what did they do a whole grip on it? Like, but she's like, no, I can tell my pillow was over here because the pillow goes over here, not there. And I was just like, oh, okay, I got you, mom. Like, yeah. yeah. But she was just oh, it was an all in joking fun, but I just thought oh, that was yeah, pretty yeah. funny too. Oh, nice. But yeah. mom has that's that how that line. process went. I started getting a lot more people and they would come over and we would just be having fun recording. Mm, wow, man. That sounds like a ton of fun. I mean, just collaborating, being together, having a great time. And then also, you know, some people like, you know, Robert, um, helping you to have that competitive edge to, to sharpen your own skills, man. Mm -hmm. Wow. Um, yeah. I mean, what, what brought you to, you know, the, Survival Chronicles 3, like kind of closing out that chapter. And then also seemed like around that time, you also were changing your, your name from Thesis to Abyss. Mm, yeah. So around in that same time, that's where I also went ahead and I dropped, you know, the he is this and have that there. And then that's where I, now I'm emerging and now I'm moving to college. So now mm. I'm taking this on with me and now I'm at the dorms recording tracks in my oh. room and mm. chilling. So before I before the volume three, mm -hmm. there was a there's a duo mixtape that I did with um Myth, which I told you my brother Brian, the one I was like, oh. okay, now me and him are doing a lot more together. Oh, yeah. Um so we did that in 2012. And that's where it was, it was like me and him going back and forth when it came to just like rhyming. Like that was literally, I would say the epitome of like iron sharpening, sharpening iron for sure. Like he was rhyming something where I was like, all right, now I'm need to step it up. I'm like over here on different trips, like writing lyrics, getting ready for like us to come back with like our songs and get them set. I even yeah. remember it was on a track for that we did together. It was called Darkness Falls. Mm. and literally i was i was having a difficult time recording that track in particular my verse because i was i was trying to go double or almost like trying to do triple time like trying to rap right. but the way it's being recorded it seemed like i was going slow so mm -hmm. i i kept messing up i don't know if it, if it was a recording error or anything but right. it got to a point where and i heard a song there was a song that inspired like me to like say this statement i'm going to tell you in a bit but there was a song by um brother ali mm -hmm. and it was called writer's block mm. and he said like if i don't get this in one take i'm gonna quit rap i'm gonna quit rapping forever so high <laughs> <laughs> stakes man oh goodness uh so literally what happened <laughs> what happened and i definitely put too much anxiety on myself for doing that <laughs> but for that verse for darkness falls i did too many i was doing too many of them and i got to the point where i was like all right if i don't get this in this take i'm gonna quit rapping like i literally was like i'm putting it on the line right now like oh, wow. if i don't get this i'm mm. done 
That's intense. So, you know, you guys, we can, you know, tune in for next time to figure out if I did, you know, you know, make it or not. But I'm just playing. <laughs> but I recorded. I was able to get it done because if not, I wouldn't hey. be here where I'm at now. But hey. it was just mad funny when I did that because then he was literally zoned in. We were in my room, like, while I was recording, I was right by the mic. And he zoned in just watching me like, oh, dang, like. Bro, don't mess up. Like, once you mess up, bro, like, you made that statement. Don't mess up. <laughs> Dang, he was but funny like, accountable. Man. <laughs> but we made that. We made that track. And boom, it was done. I was I was grateful for it. But that whole mixtape there, too, it was getting me to learn more about how it would look if you if I were to, like, do a whole collaborative project with someone. Mm-hmm. And learning how to balance off of you know, the differences that may be in the art, but to complement it at the same time, as well as work through creative differences or, you know, any other issues that would come up with it. And most, majority of this, like, there was really little to no issues. When we recorded it together, it's like we meshed very well. And Mm -hmm. a lot of the stuff that we created, like one person would end up you know, writing a chorus for one of the songs and then we just do our verses, the other person to write a chorus. And then we also did one-off tracks where one person had the track to themselves and then the other person had a track to themselves. Mm-hmm. And between those two, I always tell him that his, I, I liked his better than mine. Mm, interesting. And, interesting. It was, and it was because of the fact that on mine, I was going for something a little different. It was a little bit darker but mm. it also the beat wise wouldn't be necessary like what you would think almost like hip-hop it was like a little weird like rockish hip-hop mm. like i don't know metal feel to it because of mm. how the beat sound which was a nujibis beat by the way if you're starting to see these links like you see there's certain producers i like i stuck with when it came to mm. music but mm. I made that track and I was doing a lot more experimenting, especially with, okay, what would this sound be like as well as I was doing a lot more storytelling. Mm -hmm. I started to get into a lot more storytelling. So on one of the tracks that we did together was called short life. And I did a just little short story in there. Very funny, short and playing off with the word short, (laughs) but yeah, that's where I started delving into like creating these characters and, creating a story so people can imagine it and envision it in their head of like okay the concept of this called short life oh then why was there a short life it's like oh this is what they were doing this person boom so i started delving into a lot more storytelling as well as i did a lot more of some like not really bragging but you know there's some rhymes on there i'm like i'm like talking about how better i'm getting at you know when it comes to mm-hmm. you know rapping mm-hmm as well as a lot more stuff was still in the in the frame of you know life and figuring it out mm, i see mm. so from there yeah well it sounded like well it seemed like you and myth already had kind of a past you know of working together kind of collabing and then this project was you two like really kind of intentionally having this full project going back and forth. Um, yeah, and, you know, just, you know, ironing your your swords or sharpening your swords. Um, what's, you know, and you talked about, you know, as a lyricist, you especially getting these storytelling elements as mm-hmm. well. What are some some things you think you you learned from that collaboration that you took? 
Um, I, I learned how how much I I admire the people I work with mm. and how I, you know, how their their art influenced mine. Mm. And it would get to a point where like I remember I remember all of his verses mm. and some of mine's like I still know, but like I would know his almost to the T, as well as I learned how, once again, to really collaborate and really bring out the strengths, not only in myself, but in, you know, the other person when collaborating, mm-hmm. as well as just taking a risk when it came to creating, just knowing that, like, at this point right now, like, even though I may still be very critical of what I create, like, mm-hmm. i rather have created something and have it out right. versus have not created it at all and always in always had in the back of my mind and wondered, dang, how would that have sound? Wow. Wow. Man. Ooh, that's, I mean, yeah, that's commendable, man. Especially, you know, that young of an age, that early as an artist, like I just think about, um, you know, there's just so many artists that have unfinished songs that have songs just sitting, you know, on their hard drives and you were really early on, like committed to like, I'm gonna finish this song put it out like you know and that idea of just finishing the whole song and making like a whole project and and putting that out into the world so wow what were you guys using to record for that project at this point bro i was still on audacity we were still killing it with audacity yeah still going yeah and yeah so yeah no audacity what you got like you did um the beginning of the process yes so that actually is pretty fun so that one once again that's a beat tape and the cool thing about that is this happened during the time that this was my sophomore year in college mm-hmm. and i i got approved to study abroad during that time so mm-hmm. So my second semester of my sophomore year, I studied abroad in Florence, Italy for about three and a half, three and a half months. Wow. For the semester. I love Florence. I didn't know you were there. Wow. Yeah, I got to, I got to enjoy some of the, the tastes and, you know, the beauty of, you know, Florence and just, you know, some of, you know, Europe's spots in in particular. But the cool thing about that too is, Before going there, mm-hmm. I, I was I was also into video games at the same time too. Yeah, yeah. bro, I played Assassin's Creed. Okay, interesting. Assassin's yeah. Creed Two, Two, which had was based in Florence, Italy. Oh, okay. which had Ezio Auditore da Firenze. So I was learning, you know, a bit of Italian. But that's basically okay. basically what happened is during that time, people, how you would name yourself of course you would have the first name their auditory is the last name of the family but dafi denze means of and then the place that you were born mm-hmm. so that would basically be like my name is calvin williams of harbor city like mm-hmm. basically that's how you would be introduced when you do it in a formal way mm-hmm. but the cool thing about that game is before i was before i went out there bro i played i played it i completed it and it gave me a frame of reference. So when I got out there, I was like, oh, that's the Ponte Vecchio. Oh, that's the this. Oh, that's that. And those landmarks actually helped me know where I was. And this was from a video game. 
Wow, that's dope. <laughs> that's dope. Yeah, to be grounded um, from video. I mean, shout out to that video game. It must have been like some, must have been pretty accurate, you know. It 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 really it really did help, especially when I go into my classes. I would use literally a lot of the landmarks to know where I was going. Wow! And that was before I started learning about, of course, north, south, east, west directions when it comes mm-hmm. to the sun setting in the you know west, rising in the east. Mm-hmm. But you know that was before then. But getting to the beginning of the process. So while I was out there studying abroad, I happened to come across an app when I was at home on this is my first time also having an iphone at the time too mm-hmm. and there's a app that came out it was called iMachine. Oh, hmm. okay. and i happened to be scrolling past it because i was just one day i decided to scroll and look for like a beat app and mm-hmm. i come across this one called iMachine, and it was you know it's five dollars i was mm-hmm. like you know what i'm invested in it. let me see what this app is about all right so i download the app my roommate and most of the housemates that we stayed in, like, apartments that are, were around the city. So okay. they actually went out on, a, you know, a trip for the weekend, mm-hmm. or I like to call it strengthening. But they went out, and so I was the only one left in the house. So mm-hmm. literally, I just downloaded this app. I had mm-hmm. his speaker. He let me use it. And before I knew it, bro, I got into that app around, like, 7 p.m. And okay. before I knew it, bro, I was in there just playing around making beats. And before I looked up, bro, yeah. it was already 6.30 a.m. Like the sun was the sun set and it was already coming back up and wow, I was still dude. in this. Like I was wow. focused and I was like, yeah, wait, bro, it's literally light outside. It was just dark a few minutes wow. ago. You were in your flow state, man. You were just absorbed in the app, in the zone, making the the beats. Yeah, so I I I took that time and I was playing around with it and really started creating a lot of like my tracks from there. And you know, after having that time that I did out in in Italy, and I did do some one off tracks too when I came back home and I had some footage to share with people and stuff. I really started investing into like, okay, what is, you know, iMachine? Like, what is this program for real? And then I started seeing like, oh, it's a real legit like beat program that you can also transfer to your computer, which Uh later on I got, you know, at least in 2015. But before then, I made all of my beats off of my phone. So Uh I comprised all of those beats together and figured out like, oh, shoot like these are all like beats basically from my journey from studying abroad and me beginning this process of like Mm. it hits the name beginning this process of like okay now i i was messing around with beats a while back but not really Mm. taking it serious because it was like whatever now it's like i actually kind of like also making beats too so maybe like let's start working around like how this will look with like making beats like Wow, just yeah. playing around with stuff hmm. so man that's fire yeah i mean we didn't get to talk too much about um um he is this that b tape as thesis yeah. so um and you were you know making those beats with the the sony program 
Yeah, I was making those beats with the Sony program. A lot of them were just like loops of stuff. So I just started looping and putting things there together. And, you know, it wasn't a lot of like me playing things more so hand wise. It was just I just put loops together and this sound good as a loop. And then me like just arranging and producing. loop it this way. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So it wasn't me like really playing the piano or like hitting a, hitting a drum or a beat pad or anything of that nature. It was just, oh, stick these together. Oh, this sounds good. Let's throw these drums over it. Let me find this. Oh, let's put that there. Oh, I like these vocals. Put it there. Okay. okay. And where were but you finding these loops? They were all in the program. So it was oh. all purchased in the program. Mm, okay. So everything that you hear on those tracks mm-hmm. from people saying, um, watch out, let it go, all of that, like, different stuff. It was in the program itself. Oh, wow. And I'll I'll, I'll, I'll say from one of those tracks, which was very, it was very funny, one of the beats in there, it was called, because I had terrible naming of beats at this point. I was just naming them track one, track two, or, like, new beat, whatever. But I'll talk about two of the tracks that I did like in there. One of them, it was called New Beat One, which is like this eerie beat that has a very, you know, a very Eastern feel to it, more so like around like an Asian type feel with how it how it sounds. Mm-hmm. And the first time I, w- I heard the track, my first initial responses from my body, I was just going like, it just made me like want to look side to side all over <laughs> the place. Hmm. Um, like as in like in my head, I'm kind of like, am I going crazy or something? Like just oh, like oh. the the beat itself. Hmm. And fun, hmm. the funny thing about that too is I shared, I showed it to a few other people, mm-hmm. and they had very similar reactions. <laughs> Interesting! Wow, that's wild. Like <laughs> they was yeah. just like one of my homies literally did what I did when I first heard it. He went just like slow motion doing this, and I'm like, I started busting up laughing. He looked at me like, "What, bro?" I'm like, dude, I did the same thing when I heard that, man. Wow. That's and then crazy I shared it with him. Mm-hmm. And I shared it with him. And then he was just like, hey, bro, yeah, that 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 definitely makes sense. Um, yeah. And that's actually one track that I I don't know if I even added it on there, but it was me and another another brother of mine, which he also does music now too. Mm-hmm. And we was just rapping about going crazy, bro. Like it was it was mm-hmm. it was it was just random. But going back to the track I was talking about, My Name is Thesis, there was a beat loop that was so nice that I was like, yo, I'm rhyming on this one for sure. I have to. Mm-hmm. I'm going to leave it in the beats for the tape, but then I'm also going to make a one-off track with this. And that was the track I was talking about. I'm introducing myself. Hey, my name is Thesis, da, 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 you know, and I also freestyle part of that as well, too. But yeah, that whole beat track, the whole, the name in itself from He Is This, is if I took, you know, from my name thesis and mm-hmm. I added in f- like two more letters, it would spell out a whole phrase of he is this. Uh, he- so that's where that concept I went into talking about like he is this, which is thesis. Yes, this. I'm a little slow. I'm looking at it. He is this. Are you like rearranging? Yeah, I added no. I told you I added two other letters in there, like an extra few letters, because of course, of course, thesis is not going to be able to spell out all of that. It's going to spell out is he, so I added in an extra H and in an I. 
Oh, I see. I see. Yeah. Okay, cool. Sweet. Um, so then for um, beginning the process, then you're using iMachine? Um, yeah, I started how, using iMachine. different? Yeah. All of it was on my phone. So I didn't use a laptop. So I literally was making a beat on my phone, figuring out how I exported and everything else. So every beat that was on there, if I'm correct, yeah, boom, boom, boom. Like I'm looking through them. Like it's very short because of the fact that at that time, I only had a certain, I had a certain limit of how long I could make the beats. Nice. And a lot of them came around like the 2.30, like almost 3, three mark. Mm-hmm which I know one of them is maybe a bit longer, but yeah, man, I, I only, I did them all on my phone. Wow. And this, um, so were you like programming in like the drum sounds and, um, like keyboard sounds and, and stuff like that? Yeah. So now I would have the particular sound and then mm-hmm. yes, I would play it and be like, okay, this sounds like a good, progression together let's save that all right let me put in the kick let me put in the snare let's put the hi-hats going let's add some other like voices in the back so this is where i got to do a lot more you know building of a beat versus me just copy paste copy paste copy paste there this is more so like oh i actually programmed the drums oh i actually programmed how i did the the sound stabs together like this is not just a loop right Mm yeah wow that's fascinating and man again like i cannot like emphasize enough how prolific you are man because like seven projects two b tapes but then each project is is hearty it's meaty bro like it's like (laughs) 20 songs on like each project man like that's so fire bro yeah that's really that's really dope like i really respect that man yeah. And I know I know sometimes people be like, Dane, that's too much. But I know for me, a lot of the stuff I was making, it just paired so well with it. So it was like I kept creating more songs that it just made sense to be added. I love it. I love it, man. I mean, yeah. I mean, even like personally, it's like a goal of mine to have like just a wide, vast catalog. So like I love seeing, you know, just extensive, just all these songs and how you're able to, to finish them and put them out, man. So I love it. Okay, Appreciate it. So, all right. So we have the beginning, or beginning the process. Mm-hmm. Okay. And then let me see. So you have the That's Life EP, and that's as Advis. But then you have the Survival Chronicles as Thesis. Mm-hmm. So that's where we were having, you know, that time where I was making that, you know, split between being thesis and then figuring out who Avis is. And that's where at the time I started delving a lot more into different literary, you know, terms. So I was using a lot more personification. Well, I didn't do a lot of personification, which I'll do some, I'll start probably doing a lot more now, but I was doing a lot of similes, a lot of metaphors. I was using at the time, alliteration was one of my favorite things to be using at the time. So I did a lot of alliteration. And then I started noticing um, another little staple of mine that I liked doing a lot, which was acronyms. So that's where the acronym game started to come together and me doing a lot of this, which also during this time in between, 
I was also going to, I was going to shows and just watching artists perform like show wise and seeing, you know, how that would look if I were to be, you know, on stage and performing like, how do you get the gist of that? So studying. So I start really studying, you know, a lot more artists in their catalogs as well as just how they performed on stage and, you know, implementing to myself. So there is a one instance where I went to a, a concert in Pasadena it was um for blue which he's a he's a oh, he's a well-known at least underground hip-hop artist in the west coast especially mm-hmm. in San Pedro okay. which that's where I was going to at least college it was around in Rancho Palos Verdes um San Pedro area mm-hmm. which I'm gonna get into a lot of that too which is pretty dope too G um, I have to because it's a part of that process there and then I'll come mm-hmm. to you know the third installment but like during during that time in that process of me you know figuring and moving through um doing that at that show this was actually for um my cousin's birthday so it was for candace's birthday and she liked blue because um the music i was showing her like she was digging a lot of his stuff and she was like I've seen him before and prior and she was just like, Oh, I want to go to a show. So this was my second time take, you know, seeing a blue show, but I took mm-hmm. her this time. Cause the first yeah. time I went, I actually got into a cipher with, oh. um, it was me. So yeah, I remember. So me, Brian, it was me, Brian. And if I'm correct, like Darius was also there too. I got to remember, I'm, mm-hmm. I might be just adding Darius in there. Cause I want to add him in there, but no, I think I remember it was us three. And we we went in there to go see Blue perform and other stuff, but we saw these other dudes was rapping. So mm-hmm. then, like, my, Darius was like, hey, bro, jump in. Hey, just jump in. Start going <laughs> over there. So, like, we went over there, and, like, we all going back and forth. Like, it's me, my brother Brian, and, like, these other three guys, and we're just all just rhyming and rapping and just yeah. in the cypher. And before I know it, bro, like, when I'm just dropping these freestyles and just rapping, mm-hmm. like, I see this like dude come in and just creep in and he just started bobbing his head. It was like, oh, like, you know, all of that's going on. And like, we finished because the show's about to start and come to find out he's one of the, he was one of the, um, the co-head, you know, heads for running that, you know, particular show. And he was just like, he's like, bro, he's like, Hey man, like what you did there, but that was pretty tight, man. Like if you ever think about wanting to start performing anything, man, like here's my number doing, 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 we can start, you know, you could come over and like you can freestyle whole set whatever you want to end up doing, bro. But like that was pretty dope. Yeah. Definitely. So, so I was like, I was like, oh shoot, like legit, like this mm-hmm. was the first time like I got you can say it was getting a lot like recognition like in a yeah. you know a music arena and I was just like I was just having fun with it. Mm-hmm. So fast forward to the second time I went to go see Blue again in that same spot, and my cousin's there this time. Mm-hmm. So we're going through the show, people are performing, then they get to this, these two producers, mm-hmm. um, and they're just doing a beat set. Oh, so literally, they're just doing a beat set, and it, it got to a point where one of the producers was like, yeah, I know there's like some, you know, rappers and MCs in the crowd, if you want to come rock the mic, like, just mm-hmm. raise your hand and come on stage right now. Mm-hmm. I'm over here in my, you know, in my body. I'm thinking in my head, like, bro, like, I'm actually down because I want to rhyme right now. But I got my cousin here with me. I don't want to leave her. 
So mm-hmm. I don't know if I want to do this. Mm-hmm. And then just out on a whim, I was just like, man, forget it. Rose my hand, bro. Went on stage. Yeah. And it's like few people was like up there. We was all rhyming. Right. Dude, I think like my like I have it somewhere like the first time I was I was on stage, but I remember when I got up there, bro, those lights were so blinding, dude. All I saw was like shadows. Like I can really uh-huh. not see yeah. people. Uh-huh. Like yeah. it was so bright. I'm like, what the heck? Mm-hmm. But I just freestyled, bro. I just went in. This is I, I didn't have no material. I'm just like, bro, I'm just about to freestyle this stuff and just yeah. rap. So I'm doing my thing just like rhyming. And funny thing is, I think like in mid, like my mid rap, as I continued, like when I was getting towards the end and homie was trying to tell me, all right, pass it to the next person. Like I low key introduced the next person before I even got finished. Wow. Like Like, somewhat, like, I don't know the person's name, of course, but I was like, yeah, whatever. Something about to rap. Like I'm actually going, since we're done, I'm going to go look for it again to like remind myself. But (laughs) Not knowing my cousin actually recorded this. Um, so um, literally she recorded it, but I get off stage and like people's just like, hey, man, man, I was tight. Hey, like, bro, that was some sub. Like, did a real good job. And then, dude, this is the second time again. This was the the clothing guy for Blue. He saw me. He was like, all right, bro, I saw what you did. That was really nice, man. Like, if you ever thinking about da, 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 like, take my number down. Like oh, I was just like, bro, guy the same guy from before. This is different. This is a different guy. This was a this was a guy who was the um, t-shirt artist or maker for Blue, like Blue the artist. So yeah. I was just like, oh snap! I was like, dang, that's pretty dope. Yeah. Um, I was not expecting that, but hey, oh. it happened. And Getting into the inner circle. Yeah, I it, bro, that didn't. That was pretty crazy to me, bro. When that happened, because then after that. My cousin posted it on Facebook. I didn't know. And then come to find out, a few other people was like, man, Calvin, why didn't you tell me you had a show? I was like, wait, what? What are you talking about I had a show? It was like, you're on Facebook. Like, you're on stage rapping. Like, you had a show. I'm like, bro, wait, when? And then that's when I found out. I was like, dang, she posted it. I didn't know she posted it on Facebook. Because she didn't uh, even tell me she recorded it. That's wow. how I found out, <laughs> is that it was on Facebook. And I was like, wait, what? And mm. from, from there, bro, like, in college, Mm-hmm. I did not plan on knowing, like, collaborating with people. I thought, like, for college, I was just like, I'm going to go in there. I'm not really, I wasn't a party type person, but I'm just, I'm going to go in there, handle my business, get my degree, and I'm out. Mm-hmm. But, bro, when I was there, I met so many talented people. Uh-huh. It's It was ridiculous of, like, who I met. Mm-hmm. And literally it helped me to widen my eyes even more when it came to production and also came to just music. Mm. So I'll state a few people. So then I know continuing the story don't make this five or six hours, but, um, one of the people that I ran across and I didn't know he's producing for some local groups. I started listening to, which was like pack Div, like Casey veggies and like Dom Kennedy, some of these artists, but the producer that I ran into, he was the, um the residential um director or one of the RAs that was there at my dorm when I was dorming. Hmm. And he goes by the name of DJ Dahi. DJ Dahi. Yeah. This dude now he's doing big things now, bro. He's been pretty he produced just to give you a few um songs he's produced. Um he produced um 
Money Trees for Kendrick. Wow. Oh, gosh. He produced Worst Behavior for Drake. Okay, okay. He yeah. also he also produced on Kendrick's um damn album, I think seventeen he I think he produced four tracks off of that, as well as wow. my favorite, my favorite artist, or at least lyricist at this point right now, Lupe Fiasco. He mm. produced four, I think three or four tracks off of his um Tetsu and Youth album. So I was just like, This is later on. This is okay before, like, you know, before he got to that. Yeah, right. Mm-hmm. But he's just like a random, you know, not random, but just like another dude I just happened to meet and he was making beats and like he was collaborating with these people and I didn't plan on doing that. And at least I got to hang out with him and, you know, got to, you know, know him a little bit before all of that. He started blowing up and like going to the Grammys and all this other stuff. I got to share with him the my second mixtape, which was the Survivor Chronicles Volume 2 one. And I got to show him one of the tracks on there. And he was just like, yeah, man, you just just keep doing your thing. Who knows? We might collaborate in the future. Not saying like, you know, is like right now, I'm not like going to be pushing like, hey, man, you remember what you said? I'm not that type of person. I don't like doing that at all. Mm -hmm. But it was just like pretty dope at that time, too. Then it's now I'm starting to really start showing my art to people and like wanting to take in, you know, constructive, you know, criticism or feedback. Mm -hmm. And so that was crazy. As well as I also did a lot of work with youth in this time, too. And this is where I was exploring both of my passions for music as well as working with youth. And I I worked with um, three of the Boys and Girls Clubs in that area. So I worked at one of them that was in Wilmington. It was Q Street. Shout out Q Street. Um, Then I started working at um, the other one, which was the Port of Los Angeles for Mm -hmm. Boys and Girls Club. And then I also got to work with um, one that was on um wow how i'm forgetting right now cabrillo there we go oh, cabrillo, okay. cabrillo. it's all in San. they're all in you know all in that area yeah. but going through those two bro i started meeting more people so then there was a there was a there was an artist there and a producer by the name of definite mass okay. and i didn't like he was just a regular dude i didn't know him but come to mm-hmm. find out he collaborated with Blue a number of times. And I remember I knew one of his verses. So then when one day, one of the kids he worked with, because I was always going there when I had did my service learning stuff to go there and work with the kids. I had like an extra hour before I had to take the shuttle or bus back. I would go in there and just hang out like with him and whoever was in there. Mm-hmm. And one day, like one of the homies, one of the boys that were in there and he was recording them. He's like, yeah, man, you don't know that's, that's definite mass. That's death. I was like, it's like, yeah, man, like he did. Duh, duh, duh. And after like when I heard the song, I was like, wait, you did. Duh, duh, duh. He was like, he was yeah. like, yeah, I'm like, bro, I'm like, dude, that song is dope. And like, that's where I ended up meeting another artist. I was not planning on meeting, bro, but he's been doing music for a while, too. Mm-hmm. And he's got to work with people like KRS-One and Blue and like a number of people like heavy in hip hop. And like, he's right here at the Boys and Girls right, Club. Right. I'm like. <laughs> I'm like, this is crazy. So I got to keep in contact with him. He shared his music with me and literally I listened to like his stuff and like we went periodically back and forth, like get in contact, which I do need need to really follow back up with him sooner or later to see how he's doing. But yeah, college ended up bringing a lot of folks that I was not planning on, you know, really delving into that area, which Mm. I 
wasn't planning on to, but a lot of more creative people came up out of nowhere and started opening me more to more ideas like, yeah, you can still be an everyday person doing what you need to do and still have your other passion, like your main passion, but you can also pursue this music. So then I was just like, bro, this is, this is like, this is mad dope. So from Uh, there. What was your college in? Huh? What city was your college in? I forgot where you went. Rancho Palos Verdes. So it's right there, right by, like I said, San Pedro. And it changed its name. First, it was Marymount College. Mm -hmm. So it was a a four-year college. And Mm -hmm. then after that, halfway through, after I came back from studying abroad, they changed their name to Marymount California University. So then it turned into a university two years in. Oh, interesting. Hmm. Yeah. And then when I graduated, when I graduated, it started um, graduate programs when I graduated. So that thing was progressing. Yeah. I mean, that sounds like an exciting time. Um, I mean, one, like to have those blue shows and being recognized, just doing your thing, like your talent, like you just freestyling, like doing your thing, like, you know, like you do. And then uh, meeting people through college and through the I'm working with the youth and um, yeah, just being exposed to to other creatives and, and collaborating that way with the more widespread network. Yeah, that's exciting. I mean, that's exciting even for me to hear because like as you know, a public musician myself, it's been, I've been doing it on the East Coast and the DC music scene. Yeah. So I've been curious what it's like in the LA area. So that's exciting for me to hear about, you know, your, your journey, you know, in the, in the LA music scene. Wow. Yeah, brother. Um, So So then then from there, getting to still the last mixtape where we had that whole split between Thesis and Avis, I have to share the portion of the story where I got to meet even more people when it came to, you know, music. And like I told you, I spoke on earlier with Nujibes and a lot of the people he collaborated with, I got to meet them. So I ended up graduating. Then I'm figuring out, like, okay, what am I going to end up doing next? Like, you know, people talk about going to grad school and all this other stuff, and I'm still, like, figuring out what I wanted to do. Um, Midway through, before I graduated, I actually got hired to work at the Boys and Girls Club midway, Mm -hmm. which I wasn't planning on that, but I was just like, dude, this is dope. I was thinking, like, oh, once I graduated, maybe I will start working at the Boys and Girls Club, but they already got me real quick. It was just like, hey, people keep, your name keeps coming up. Like, please apply, like, dun dun dun. So I ended up, you know, getting that job there and getting to work with the youth. And this is where I started expanding that passion, like getting to really work with teens for my first time. And in my head, I'm like, I'm still almost somewhat close to y'all age. And I'm like, man, there's probably going to be some, you know, power struggle issues. But, bro, this is where I really start getting into knowing that, like, when I became comfortable with myself, the kids and people responded very well to that because then it made them feel like they can also, you know, be themselves around me because I was giving off that, you know, feel. I was being authentically me. So then it was like, well, now I'm going to be authentically myself when I'm around you. So I was able to do that. And then midway through finishing, before I, before I ended up leaving the Boys and Girls Club, you know, shortly, is because the opportunity came up for me to do service work. So. Mm-hmm. 
I decided to, you know, take a year off before I was thinking like, do I want to go back for counseling, whatever, for grad school, figuring out what I wanted to do. Cause I'm like, you know, I'm probably going to need to go to grad school because now I want to work with kids in the school area. Like this is something that I want to do. So I ended up applying for a program out in Seattle and through AmeriCorps. Mm-hmm. So, and the program was called City Year. So it was in Seattle in particular. Mm-hmm. And so I interviewed, boom, I got accepted. And so before I knew it, man, I was, you know, out to Seattle around mm-hmm. August 2015, just my way out to Seattle to be out there for a year to do the uh-huh. service. Mm-hmm. Um, so when I got out there, bro, Initially, the crazy thing, too, is um, I actually did not have housing for close to two weeks. So I was technically somewhat homeless for two weeks, Mm. figuring out housing arrangements and stuff. Mm. But during that time, I was able to connect with a lot of people who were there. And I really and it really helped me get grounded Mm. in what I was about to get myself into, as well as it also started to shed light on you know one of the ugly realities that you know as you know me as a black you know black man would you know have to come across within my life which Mm -hmm. I never paid attention to it and what I'm speaking of is you know prejudice and racism Mm -hmm. so while I was while I was out there and I got situated and you know got things finished and I was in this program, I really started to to see a lot of the savior complex being, you know, thrown around as well as a lot of microaggressions because in that program, I was only one of two black men in that program. Yeah. So it wasn't very, you know, fleshed out when it came to diversity. But like from that program and also working within the Seattle Public Schools, and I worked at an elementary school, which was the first year that that program was being there. So we were the first team to be there. Mm. It was it was it was very difficult building with with people who already had a prejudgment about you as a person because mm-hmm. of how you look bef- before really getting to know who you are characterized. Right. So. This was also a lot of time where, bro, I really did a lot of soul searching. I did a lot of really recounting my life up until then mm. of how, you know, I've changed as a person or what I'm seeing and like really questioning a lot of my own, you know, past, you know, experiences and realities. And it got to a point where one day, like, I came back home and literally I like forced myself to to like cry, break down and really just, you know, break and go back down to my foundation of like me as a person. Mm. And then I just built myself back up from there. And I'm very glad that I did that because that's where I feel like I had the epiphany to really just open my, my mind and my eye to so much more things since now I've coming across this in my face also even within my own house or at least a condo that I was staying with people dealing with this I didn't have really no safe haven so much that Hmm. I really had to learn on the go so I got to connect with a lot of huh what were some of the things that you kind of had to reflect on or 
um, accept um, to be able to build yourself up again? So a lot of things that I did have to reflect on, it, it dealt with one, me as a child being very, you know, not saying troubled in a way, but I was very much a um, class clown. Like I just was getting into trouble so much. So I would say troublemaker, like in elementary school, like I, kn- I don't know if you really knew, but like, yeah, like I would be a class clown, like remember in classes, I'm over here, dude, bro, exactly, bro, like my freaking cheese, like all of that stuff, like, bro, I remember, bro, I remember in Mr. Robbins' class, my man, like I remember the, it was an Eminem verse, and I was over in one of our groups for spelling. And dude, I'm over here rhyming the Eminem verse and like out loud, not too loud, but I'm just rhyming it. And literally, he catches me, <laughs> and then <laughs> out of nowhere, freaking, he catches me, and Mr. Hatley comes in, mm-hmm. and Mr. Hatley comes in, and then he's just like, "Oh yeah, um." Mr. Hadley, like, Calvin was in here rhyming about something. He had some rhymes and stuff. Like, shoot, Calvin, why don't you share it to the whole class? And Mr. Hadley, like, what you was rapping about? And I was just like, in my head, I was like, bro, I was just over there passing time while we were doing this. Mm-hmm. And I ended up rapping that Eminem verse to, like, everybody. And Mr. Hadley, bro, knowing that I had to also bleep some words out because there's some inappropriate words right. <laughs> that was in it. You know, Eminem is, you know... Very, you know, yes, but, but going back from that, it, I had to reflect on, you know, my childhood past as well as reflect on a lot of the people who were very vital in my life. Like for me, bro, I grew up, I grew up with, um, not having a dad. So that's one thing I knew as a kid why I was so troubled is because I was looking for that balance. I was looking for that other male figure, somebody to help me balance out what my mom was already being able to provide me with. So I found that in my grandfather for a while, but that was very early on that I had lost him. So I just went back into that, you know, whole troublemaker, you know, just because that's how they would label a kid. If you know, they know not a handle is their troublemaker. They're bad. Mm -hmm. So I got back into that phase. I had to think about a lot of those things. And then, of course, I brought back to, you know, my godmother passing away. Mm -hmm. Um, The issues that I was dealing with in high school when it came to image, because a lot of people made fun of, you know, how I looked. I don't know if you got to really know it too, Marie Regina, but yeah, people was like nicknaming me like Akon and like all these other Mm -hmm. different things when it came to, you know, the color of my skin. So there is a a point in time that I remember telling my mom that honestly like I hate myself like I hate what I, how I look yeah. and mm-hmm. I really you know took that time in high school I was able to be able to really you know flesh that out college it helped me do it a lot more but mm-hmm. at that time when I got to Seattle these were things that I was reflecting on and really building myself back on of like no father, troublemaker, hating myself at a point in time. A lot of people that I was looking for passed in my life, like all of these things, as well as what is religion, you know, what is, what do I truly believe in or what do I really know? And like, why is this happening to me right now? When people are coming, confrontating me because of this again, I'm a colored skin and I'm just like, why is this all going on? So those were a lot of things that I reflected on, but I also reflected on a lot of the good 
as well as a lot of the bad and reflected on now how will I incorporate this all together and move forward mm, so right. so I did that and at that time too I also put it out there I was like yo I'm also going to get a lot better within this year when it comes music wise and all of this mm, mm. and the funny thing is, bro, it was so it was it was so time consuming as well as it was very a big emotional ride. There was there was so much different issues that I had to come across during the time that I was out out there. And the funny thing is, even though I put it out there into the universe, man, and I did a lot of giving to people when I was out here, when I got out to Seattle. I started to see the universe um, return that to me, whether it was I found a support group of people that I knew, whether it was me actually somehow um, getting involved with a detective who literally watched over me while I was over in Seattle and I would go and help her out with different um, chess, you know, classes and stuff with people. And this is where I started learning how to play chess as well. I started getting better at chess. And this is where too, bro, like I started meeting a lot of people. I, I began to start listening to a lot of people I influenced. I started meeting them in person. And one of the groups in particular I met that I knew in person was there was a group that's called Bop Alloy. Okay. Hmm. And they're a, they're a jazz hip hop group, which consists of the artist. His name is Substantial, which he's actually from the D.C., Maryland Virginia oh, area, crazy. specifically Prince George County. Oh, all right. I'll and by there. Yeah, yeah. And another producer, his name is Marcus D, and he's from Seattle. And he also half time he also goes to um Tokyo. He lives in like Japan as well, half time. But they never came and toured on in, in Cali, they always kept touring in either Seattle or over in Maryland and D.C. I'm like, when are they going to come tour here? I took that opportunity when I went out to Seattle be like, hopefully they're going to do a show this year so I can catch them. Hmm. Little did I know that year they decided to also do a show in Cali, too. And I'm like, bro, so I had to wait one more year and then you guys were coming. Right. But oh, but the funny thing yeah. is, bro, the funny thing is. I was going to go there. I was going to the show. I went there with another brother. I was going to go with another brother of mine that I met in the program because me and him clicked so well. Like our first day, like we was just, we was like this. Mm-hmm. So he was unable to make it, but I'm that type of person. It don't matter. I'm going to go to a show by myself and still have fun. So I went to that show and I was rocking the, the original first Bop Alloy shirt that they had put out on the market. And I get there, it's a small venue, so it's very intimate. And, you know, before I know it, bro, since I wore the shirt, I actually sparked up a conversation with a producer, and I got to at least meet with him a bit. And then later on in the show, I also got to, after the show, I got to meet um, Substantial, the, um, the rapper I've been listening to for a while. And these are two people that are in that range of the jazz hip-hop, as well as substantial his first album he actually made with the producer Nujabes in japan wow Wow. so they have some real history together Mm -hmm. so i'm also there i got to enjoy the show 
But then in that same moment, bro, when I kept talking about, you know, I'm going to get better music wise. And I start meeting all these freaking right. people right. that I listen to. And I'm like, this is dope. Yeah. I also met a brother um, from from there, but he originally lived in Hawaii for a while. And he's originally from Saipan. His family mm. is. And I happened to have a booth by myself, him and his girlfriend at the time, they were walking by, there was like no other places. They came and asked me to come sit down. So we started conversation before I knew it. He does music. I do music. He knew this. I knew that. We tripped out because we have so many things in common. And from there, bro, we grew a partnership. Mm-hmm. Like to this day, me and him still get to do stuff. So like the last song I dropped, which was called The Remedy. Mm-hmm. that's him uh, I think he was on that what's the word Wednesdays I think you were telling me about him well I was playing his songs like in the background mm, but but I found somebody else that I got to collaborate with while I was out there that's actually where I got to do my first ex- I had my first experience of actually performing at a market like a you know a farmer's market oh. so busking and that was interesting. Me and him did that together. And then me and him collaborated on more videos. And before you know it, I got to get, I got to also meet another artist that reached out to him to play a show out there for the Nujibis tribute, which I didn't tell you Nujibis, he passed away in 2010 in a car accident out in, in Japan. But from there, people started doing, you know, shows to commemorate and remember and honor his, you know, his artistry and stuff that he put out. So one of the headliner who always does it, you know, each year, which I'm mad because of the virus happened, I was going to be able to go see him and say, what's up. But, and his name is Shingo too. And this guy's been making music for also like 20, 20 plus years in the game. So like, these are vets already making music, like just been in the genre. Like this guy's been all up in the, you know, Cali-wise, he was in, like, you know, n- Northern Cali, like, with freaking, like, Living Legends, which is, like, The Grouch, Murs, Eli. Like, there's a number of these people, like, I'm just naming all these artists, but just giving his background. But he was there, and my homie got to play a set with him and, like, play, like, that, that whole tribute there. Mm-hmm. And that was my first instance of at least meeting him and just saying hi. But, like, I didn't do anything else after that because I don't know if he sees this later or not, but I'm not going to lie. I, I was I was very, I was very, you know, afraid to approach him because I didn't want to come off, like, you know, this is all starstruck. But at the same time, like, his body posture seemed like, oh, no, I'm good. So that's why I was just kind of like, all right, we cool. But it's just like, what's up? That's yeah. it. But – like within that experience of me being out there in that program and really seeing all of this and this happening and me forming as, you know, not only an artist, but as a person and refine redefining myself. Yeah. That's where finally survival Chronicles three comes into play. I know this is a whole thing because it's a big span away because for me rapping, I haven't, mm-hmm. I haven't really put out a project since 2012 at that time. Okay. So I was on a I was on a break for a while. So I was just I would drop maybe like one or two tracks and then like I just had these instrumentals, but I didn't like a make a whole project. This, hmm? is like a, this is like a five year. Is this like a five year type of break right here? Two thousand and twelve to two thousand and 
and 17. So what? 12, 17. Yeah. Five years. Oh, I see. Wow. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. So that, yeah, that's, I mean, yeah, I'm glad you went through, you know, that progression because that's, that's a lot that, that went on and that seemed like unnecessary. I mean, I don't, not necessarily, I guess necessary for lack of a better word, but um, yeah, it seemed like you were able to really dig deep within yourself um, and build yourself up. Um, and then, wow, just, yeah, dig within yourself, build yourself up. And then from there, you're really able to go out, meet people and really um, delve into your your craft and and collaborate with others and just meet people and network and you're doing that in a whole other you know state granted you 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 know you'd already been abroad but you know you're doing this in you know just a new place as well yeah mm-hmm. so then that's where during that time I was like already playing around with this name Avis which that's where I started getting into a lot more like, you know, meditative practices and like really loving acronyms and all this other stuff. So I was like, you know, I'm gonna I'm a need to do a name change because I, I started finding more people were named thesis. And when I would get on certain songs that I had rhymed on, yeah. I didn't I, I didn't go look at the original songs yet. I always saw the instrumentals. I went and looked at some of the original songs and there was somebody already named thesis on that track. And I'm like, wait, how is this so coincidental that I'm named Thesis, but I've never seen the person named Thesis on this track. And the group I'm speaking of is um, Strange Group Project. Hmm. They were a group um, put together. I can't remember everybody's names together, but it was a producer. I think um, Symbolic One was on there, S1, which he's pretty dope. But there's a dude named Thesis, and I'm like, bro, there's already that dude. And then I start finding more people that I started listening to, and I'm like, bro, his name is also Thesis. I'm like, all right, I'm going to have to make this name change. So Avis, Avis came out of, out of my love for acronym as well as now, where do I see myself now? So my name in itself, like I said, is an acronym, and it stands for a dreamer's vision is seeing success. So that's Avis in, in a nutshell. So it was just like, I'm the dreamer. But my vision is seeing success. Now, how do I get to that success? Now, what am I going to do to create that dream or success that I want to see? Wow. So in a way, you're that's kind what of I was going through this. That, you know, in a way, you're kind of embodying that um, Survivor Chronicles concept. Like, you know, in your name of, you know, who am I going to, who am I going to be? How am I going to live this life and, you know, reach and achieve you know, the best version of myself, the best type of life I can have. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, man, I appreciate that. And so from there, I was like, we got to do one more installment so I can at least say peace to thesis in the right appropriate way. So that's where Survival Chronicles 3 came in, you know, at least concept-wise, is like, yeah, this is going to be the last one. So that's why it's called past, present, future. And then I have in parentheses the end. Mm-hmm. So, like, this is the end of this chapter, but there's going to be a new one, you know, to come. But what is that going to look like? And the idea for this one 
actually came between both me and and my cousin like, once again and she was like a few people honestly told me it's like you should actually remix some of your older songs that mm-hmm. you made before and maybe put them in a project so mm-hmm. i was like what better way than to leave out than to go ahead and do some remixes to songs from previous mixtapes mm-hmm. as well as bring in some few new ones uh, yeah mm-hmm. so basically this this last that last project for thesis it mm-hmm. just summed up my last bit of experience that i had between those years that you know that i had a gap from creating and mm-hmm. i put a lot more people on there like at that time that i felt really helped me embody who thesis was and send it off you know very well so i had one of my brothers that i met from seattle be on a track with me and we freestyled that you already know i had to come with one freestyle track hey so we did that Mm. then i had the brother myth as always had to get him back on there and then now i have rubber ducky russ (laughs) instead of king russ now it's rubber ducky russ on the track and then I have Robert again, but this time mm-hmm. now he's um Richard. <laughs> he changed his name again. Richard? Where did that come from? I'm this is me. Uh, I had to ask him again. I'm not too sure. But yeah. I had him on there. Fire. Shout out and, to Rob. And then another person which I didn't get to really delve into really too much and let you know everybody know about, but Another person that I did really look up to when it came to at least role model wise was my uncle. Mm-hmm. Um, and his name, funny thing is one of my good friends name is Jonathan. That's also my uncle's name. Uh-huh. So I had to get my uncle in there cause he also made music and I listened to his stuff and I liked how my uncle rapped and stuff. So like I also got to study my uncle a little bit too. So I was like, what better way to then also do a track with my uncle. So mm-hmm. I got my uncle on two of the tracks. Hmm. And then I had my other friend, like I said, his name Jonathan. I had both him and my uncle on the same track, and it was the remix to Survive. So uh-huh. I have a remix to Survive. Because mm-hmm. I had to. Like, come on, Survival Chronic. Like, how are you not going to remix yeah. the first song that started okay. it all? Right. So, yeah. so I had him on it. And... The other surprise person that I had on there, because at the time, too, I was also the only boy in my family besides, of course, my two uncles that I knew of. But I was the only boy. Mm. None of my other aunties had sons. But during high school, one of my aunties, which is my uncle, um, they had a son. And soon, you know, I was finding like I'm not the only boy now you know, in the family and things of that nature. But I also felt, because then I started, you know, doing stuff with him too and and really wanting to take on that role of almost like being, a, like you say, like a brother a little bit, but, you know, just like I took him under my wing and really started wanting to create right. and seeing what he would do. So I actually had him jump on um, the outro track and I let him just do his thing. So he actually freestyled and wrote some stuff. And this boy at the time, was only 10. Oh, wow. Okay. My, my. So, so I had him get on the track mm. and help me close it out. And 
that's how I finished off that chapter of being thesis. And now that I had this name of Avis, this was the next step. I see, man, that's really meaningful. Um, you know, and all the thought that went into it, the remixes, the collabs, having those same people from the beginning um, there and just, you know, your uncle, um, your nephew as well. Like, ah, I love it. Yeah. And then yeah. moving on to, to Advis. Um, yeah. A dreamer. Is, a dreamer's vision is seeing success. Seeing success. Wow. So after getting to meet a lot of the people that I did listen to, mm-hmm. as well as my uncle, and getting to see, you know, that it is very possible to pursue you know the dream but more so pursue your art and me as making music as a you know uh mc artist you want to call it and also still have the other passion which my main passion is working with youth to this day like mm-hmm. i've told people if i had to if i had to pick one if mm-hmm. people want me to pick one they'd be like if you had to choose between making music forever or working with kids which one would you go with and I always tell people straight up, it's the kids. Like, I can drop music like like that. Not just saying that, like, that's one part of me I'll never do again. Of course, I'll do it on the, you know, just in between here. But, like, releasing stuff, like, I would stop because that's where I knew that I had that connection with youth. And that was something that really did fill, fill my soul. Mm-hmm. As well as I know music did. But a lot of working with youth is what really does fill my soul. And it fills mm-hmm. my art as well as it opens my perspective because of, so much that they know and you are very surprised of like what they know and how profound of little things that they say and it just sticks and it's just like wow y'all have so much knowledge that you don't even know that it's that and wisdom i should say more so and you passing that on without knowing so that whole that whole setup there when it came to now being advis i was like Oh, you know, I'm curious, though. that's one of my questions um, is about, you know, your passion for youth and then also your passion for music. And um, part of it is, you know, I would think, you know, you, you know, living out your purpose and um, who you want to be and, and things like that. I, I'm, I'm curious, you know, as you're saying, well, so much goes into this because it's purpose of like who you want to be. It's yeah. awesome. You know, you talked about when dealing with you, you found that value in, you know, accepting yourself, becoming more comfortable with who you are. And you as an artist is very personal and you're, you're sharing your, your views and your dreams. So um, with both of those, it's really, you know, kind of about you and who you are as a person. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm curious if you could just tell me more about... Um, you know, that relationship you have, like, with the youth and how you see, you know, your role and kind of that that role it plays in your life. Gotcha. Mm-hmm. So when it came to the youth, I – this was really – this was around the time – actually, when I was in high school, I got to work during the summer with my godmother who – she ran a, a organization called Hope Street Family Center. Mm-hmm. 
and it was in downtown LA. It's right by California Hospital, okay. if I'm saying the name right. And she gave me the opportunity to actually come in, like work during the summers with her, with the youth. And this is my first time really getting to use like the, the busing system. So like I'm on here getting on the metros and like taking my way to get to downtown or having my grandmother be able to drive me down there. My mom picks me up later. Like it was a number of different things during that summer, but that was besides, yeah, that was my first few instances working with youth and learning the ins and outs of how they're going to test you for sure to be like, Oh, this dude trying to, you know, work with us. Okay. Well, let me see how much I can get under his skin. Let's see how far he's really going to go to really be truthful about wanting to work and be around us. And I can say during those few summers that I did get to work down there, I, I grew in the love of like, not only just like passing on my own experiences to another, another youth to, you know, share like what I've done, but also hearing their stories and listening to them and connecting with them on a deeper level where like, yes, we're, we can be from different cultures, you know, different people. And we still have a sense of respect and love for each other. Mm-hmm. and in a, in a very you know innocent way where you you know you connect and it's just and it's just funny like I remember one of the instances where the kids really did test me and it was on a on we were going to the beach so like we took a whole group of kids so like this is the first time I'm also doing lead stuff too where like I'm taking and I'm a chaperone with kids and like we're going places mm-hmm. and a few of the kids decide to go ahead and test me and they started just mimicking me. Like everything I was saying, they said it out loud. And mind you, we're on the bus. We're on the bus going to the beach. And like these kids are repeating everything that I'm saying. So like, I might be saying like, yeah, y'all stop doing that. And you hear like 15 kids. Yeah. Stop doing that. Like super loud. And like, it was getting to a point, like, it got to a point where, like, another staff had to step in and, like, tell them, all right, stop coming down. We're on the bus. Like, right. you know, come on. Mm-hmm. But, like, through those small instances and just being able to joke and share and, you know, interact, I got to be like, man, dude, I like this. And I also noticed from when I did that it during high school, it helped me reflect back on, you know, what I was thinking of wanting to do in the future. and you know, my grandmother talking about like, what are you looking to do? And she kind of, she did not kind of, she helped me, you know, rearrange like what I wanted to do. I was thinking about going into social work, which funny, you know, it still came around that way, but you know, she was just like, why don't you, you know, work with, you know, people. And Mm -hmm. when I thought about that, I look back in my past and I'm like, I noticed I actually connected very well with like kids and like, I would also connect with kids to a point where they some they would listen to me and not their parents. Mm-hmm. And I will always be so confused and just wonder, like, how can you listen to me, but you're not listening to your mom? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Now, I'm going to need you to tell you, do, do, do. You need to listen to your mom. You know, and then, like, I just mm-hmm. had that, you know, that subtle connection. Mm-hmm. And I was like, you know, this is something I want to get myself into. So I did those during the summer had a great time. So then when I went to college, 
that's where I did a lot of the boys and girls club stuff. And that's where it just grew from there. So I literally was connecting with kids from, you know, that particular area in San Pedro. And it, it developed to the point where, like I said, I had got hired when I was there working. Yeah. That I also got to work with preschool kids, too, at my church. Uh-huh. So I was actually a teacher's aide at my church. So mm-hmm. I worked with little ones from almost like one years old all the way up to four or five going on to kindergarten. That's few. Oh, wow. So... I got to get that whole spectrum from preschool all the way up to high school. Wow. Yeah. And mm-hmm. find that connection. And I was just noticed, like I said, that's one thing I picked up on after a while being tested by kids so much and learning. It's just like, mm-hmm. they tested me because of the fact that it was like, are you going to come correct and be you? Or are you going to try to be fake around me and try to pretend like you're going to be doing this, but then in the back of your mind, you're not. Mm-hmm. So, that's where I was just like, they helped me bring out my own authentic self, which made me, you know, kind of at the same time, too, is because I was missing that piece of, you know, having a dad, too. That's where I know as well as I'm the only child, which if I didn't say that, too. Mm-hmm. So I also missed out on that piece of, you know, being a brother to somebody. So it's like I was almost still my inner child was still coming out when mm-hmm. I would work with the kids. So. Mm-hmm. That's what made me just gravitate to that and want to stick with that. And just from there, bro, like I continue to still work more with kids. Like after leaving, that's where I did the service program. I worked in an elementary school with fourth graders out in Seattle. And I'll I'll tell you this, bro, like during that time when I told you I was going through all of the, you know, prejudice, you know, racism and dealing with all of that. Yeah. Like the kids helped me really be grounded and mm-hmm. really they were the ones that kept me in check to like, let me know, like, yeah, you're not being you right now. You mm-hmm. got to go back, check yourself real quick. And mm-hmm. then because I was falling into the program, I was starting to be just like a robot in the program and do it the way that they were doing it and not doing mm-hmm. it the way I authentically know how to work with students uh-huh. and yeah. work with you. Right. So once I changed that gear, I started seeing so much, you know, connection with the kids because I had such good rapport with the kids, but the teacher I worked with didn't. Mm. And that's why I found out why I was put in that classroom, even though me and the teacher didn't really see eye to eye because of the fact that I wanted to collaborate with him. But he had his, you know, thoughts about who I was as a person, Mm. even though in that school there was kids of all different colors there. So how are you? going to have that perspective think you're going to teach them but then also in the back of your head you don't like them right yeah exactly so so i literally was just i was in a pickle but bro when i was there the kids definitely did really love on me and really helped me because it got to a point where i remember one time i didn't feel like going out to their second recess that they would have and i just wanted to stay in the classroom because i was tired that day because dealing with all that mess and a few of the, few of the kids that wanted to stay, and it was like, it was, it was three little girls. They wanted to stay. Of course, I always had the door open, you know. There's a number of things, of course, with there's protocols, you know, to oh, keep right. your such stuff up. But, like, they're in there and, like, playing, and I'm like, I'm asking. I'm like, why y'all want to go out to recess? It was just like, it was like, no, nah, I want to like, go out there. It's like, 
man, when I go out there, I can't really be me. And I'm like, but like when I'm around here, like I can be myself around you. And after that, I was like, I told him, I told out there, I was like, well, I appreciate it. And they were running around, jumping and doing all this other stuff. I had told him, I was like, okay. I'm like, I appreciate what you did say about that. And I know you wanted to break out and get out of the shell because in classroom, you can't be yourself, but you can be comfortable around me. I'm like, all right, just don't hurt yourself. But all right, go ahead and play. So like they're in a classroom playing. But between like those few instances, I would have talks and conversations with the kids and they would tell me stuff like that. It just reassured to me that, I was on that right path right. when it came to myself as well as this is where I need to be. Mm, yeah. And because of that, bro, what I did too, and this is during the time of this, you know, also the survivor Chronicles three finishing up too. Mm. I actually came back the following year to visit the fourth graders cause they were going to be graduating. Uh, and when I got back to go and, you know, visit, mm-hmm. The and I got to meet some of the teachers that also helped me while I was there. Mm-hmm. Like one of the students that I had for small groups, because I would have small groups I take out of class. Which mm-hmm. on top of that, I actually had to learn all of the stuff that he was learning while I was in class. The teacher didn't mm-hmm. always give me the material, so I had to learn the material and then be able to show them the material from learning it in class. So it was like mm-hmm. I was a student learning from him. Mm-hmm. But I came back and like. You know, they're having graduation. Things are going on. I was seeing a lot of the kids. There's one kid in particular that I have for groups. And she, you know, she literally, I heard that she was like, you know, wondering where I've been and stuff and how I was doing. Because a lot of the kids before I left, after I finished the program, they were very, you know, saddened. Not just only by me, but all of the people that was in our team at that school. They were so connected to us that it was hard that we're only there for that year. Right. Yeah. So, and that's where I learned also too, when it comes to being able to learn how to, you know, um, terminate, you know, mm-hmm. but when I mean terminate, I like to use transition now. So like learning how to help with transitioning when it comes to, you know, building relationship that you've built with a student and not just leaving up and out and be like, all right, peace. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But the student happened to catch and see me when I was like there and her first initial like response when she saw me do and I was looking, it was utter joy. And then within three seconds, it was just sadness, like and not sadness as in, you know, very sad, but like she just broke out crying. Like it was just utter joy. Like she was so happy that she just started crying. Wow. Ran and came to gave me like the biggest hug. Like I felt that love. And like I was looking like what? Like I was I looked over at one of the teachers and the teachers was just like, yes, because you made such a great impact. Like, Man. know that, take that in. Mm-hmm. And like at that moment, I really, that was the first time that I legitimately was like, I had to hold back some tears. Cause I was like, dang, like I didn't know that's how big of an impact that I was having. Man. And so from there, like, bro, I like I said, I continued and it brings to the point now with me being Advis and now I'm back here. I didn't go back to school yet. I decided to do two more years of service work, but with a different program, not the pro- that program. Mm-hmm. And I ended up working at one of the elementary schools that are is close by my house. And I used to go to the park as a kid. I just never knew about the school. Okay. But. I ended up working there in a program that worked on um, literacy and reading with children. 
And I worked with from kindergarten all the way up to fifth grade. And while I was having my time there, bro, that's mm -hmm. that's where I knew for sure. I'm like, all right, working in, in the schools with the youth, really building on a lot of social emotional skills and life and life skills is mm -hmm. what I want to do. Um. So during that time too, bro, that's where I got a lot more connections with kids. And literally there were points to where a lot of the kids, and especially I noticed this a lot too, is a big trend. A lot of the little girls gravitated to me. And reason being is because of the fact that it was very reminiscent of, you know, like a father or some type of, you know, male role model that they were missing out in their life. Right. So I started learning about, you know, those differences like transference, counter-transference and all this other, you know, terms when it comes to, you know, psychology and counseling and that of that nature. Right. And that's where I got even planted more of like, I know this is where I need to be. And this is where I want to connect with the youth. They're responding very well to this. They they're helping me to be more authentic with myself, even when I want to lie to myself on things. Mm -hmm. And this is where I want to start building up the youth. So I took that whole, that whole measure there, man, and put that all together with Avis. I was like, all right, I'm going to be serious now. and Let's take this music thing serious. So mm -hmm. created all of my social medias and from there, I started creating and like making tracks and delving more into beats and stuff. And that's where I think the one track you saw, That's Life. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. That's where that started summing up and coming, you know, into play. And I actually, that beat itself, um, that, was my, that was one of my first times. If not, I think it was my, I think it was, it was my third time that I actually sampled is actually a soul sample from that song okay. uh, yeah hmm. yeah so that's my that's my third time making a beat that was sampled oh nice wow yeah hmm. and around yeah around that time bro yeah so that's where i started just developing the art and really started putting that together and then that's where a lot more stuff came into fruition i started doing a lot more open mics i started meeting more people Mm -hmm. and started you know pushing out to more artists and just really doing a lot more of collaborating and just figuring out now who is Avis and what is now Avis going to do after you know passing getting the torch passed from thesis so now what does that wow. look like mm -hmm. wow I mean I really, well, first, you know, yeah, that connection you have with the kids is just so important and powerful. But I mean, from you outlining that, I, I really see, you know, the differences between thesis and Advis. Like, it really seems like, um, yeah, like two stages in your life. Yeah. Yeah. That's really cool. Uh, yeah, it wasn't, you know, it's not just, you know, an arbitrary name change. It's like, this is, there's, you know, there's depth to this yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah yeah man everything i everything i've been doing a lot of stuff i would do just came back always concept wise without mm -hmm. it even trying to be a concept it was a concept mm -hmm. and it connected some way in you know shape and form yeah mm -hmm. man 
So then your Advis. Um, mm-hmm. Let me see. Let me see. Um, okay. And you have the starting to game mixtape. Yes. So that that mixtape in itself is actually uh, is compiled of a number of different tracks that I also either did while I was still under the moniker of Thesis, but I was already starting to branch off and figure out who this Avis dude is, mm-hmm. as well as starting to march forward in creating my art as, you know, Advis, as this dreamer, looking mm-hmm. and, you know, searching for success. So with that mixtape, man, it was me getting ready like the first track's called get ready (laughs) just me getting ready to go on this new journey of being this you know of this name change and a lot of the a lot of the stuff i have on there bro a lot of it is freestyle so there's a lot of tracks on there that i've had there just freestyle wise of what i've done in the past but i wanted to bring it to light because these were things i was messing around with as I'm like, oh, this could be something for Avis. Like, yeah, this is how I'm going to handle, you know, I want to put this out. And this is also where I started delving into more lyricism. And I'm like, oh, let me see how lyrical can I like, you know, really get. So one of the tracks off of there is actually a track from the one guy I showed you on the stream last time, Elzai, the one that did the guessing game that I was telling you about in the color yeah. schemes that he did. Mm-hmm. Yeah. There's a, the instrumental that I got from there was from a song he had did it was called Motown 25, which I think I talked about earlier, mm-hmm. well earlier, but you know, when we were on the stream mm-hmm. and I wanted to, cause he was going in on that track, him and Royce the five nine was just, mm-hmm. they was bodying that track. Mm-hmm. So I was like, you know what? I want to see what my attempt at trying to be pretty lyrical would be. Mm-hmm. So that track, in a, in a sense, was named Verbal Attempt. Mm-hmm. And then I also have in parentheses intent. So, like, I was trying to play around with, bro, I was, just, I was literally trying to, like, come and, like, play around with all of these. And the concept for that song was pretty, that concept for the song was so interesting how it came up. It came across because I heard the beat, let alone this is the first time I was like up super late when it comes to like writing. Like this was our like 3 a.m. and I had to go drop my mom off to work around 5.30. So I'm up at 3 a.m. still just like listening to this track. I heard the beat and I was like, bro, I'm going to make something to this. So I'm just listening to it. And bro, as I continue to go through it, the whole track <laughs> is me in a courtroom and i'm i'm in a courtroom and the case is that i'm guilty of you know committing you know verbal homicide on (laughs) people because of the fact of the bars that i was you know rapping but this concept was so weird how it came together because the way how i i was writing it Mm -hmm. I didn't even start with the first verse. I actually wrote the the last verse first, hmm. Hmm. which was interesting. Yeah. And then I wrote, so I wrote it backwards. So literally I wrote the first, the last verse first, the second yeah. verse is still second. 
And then the first verse was the last verse I wrote. Mm. It's like and, it started with the end in mind type thing. Yeah. Yeah. So, so that whole track was my attempt of me trying to get as lyrical as I can while I'm on in this court case trying to be proven guilty of, you know, this verbal, you know, homicide, killing, you know, tracks and yeah. songs with these bars. And mm -hmm. I'm pleading my case saying, no, I'm not. I'm just a harbinger sent with all of these words as I'm, you know, like learning this, you know, language of arts. I was just like, okay. Like for me, I was playing, I was really trying to play around with, wow. you know, just different literary terms as well as just inside jokes, um, double entendres, different mm -hmm. multiple meanings, multiple, mm -hmm. you know, syllabics, all of that, like mm -hmm. within that track. So yeah. that's why starting to game, which I didn't say is also the game is an acronym, which oh, right. yeah. mm -hmm. it, it stands for gaining all my energy so i was starting to start gaining all my energy towards this new journey that i'm taking to figuring out who Advis is so a lot of the stuff in there it was just either me like working on bars it was me figuring out different concepts for songs like the verbal attempt um there was also songs where i was talking about breaking out of the box of like your own thought and thinking and really figuring out what your truths are mm -hmm. as well as there's one song on here which now this is where now Darius comes back into play and he's starting to create beats and he's producing now mm -hmm. um there's a track on there it's called pinpoint drive and that was a beat that he made and it's one of the first songs i actually performed for an open mic which i did out in santa Ana. i was mm -hmm. going out there to perform oh. and Literally that song I wrote out of me feeling writer's block. Mm -hmm. And that whole and that whole song is about me getting my drive back to writing, but also telling other artists who are creating that you're the one that creates the sound and creates the art and create what's around you. So is you is your point to put your pen into drive and to be able to give that out to people. So they can see that picture. So I was messing around with, you know, different concepts and ideas with this mixtape. A lot of it, either I've done it before or I haven't, you know, touched on. Mm -hmm. Okay, I see. Yeah, I mean, it seemed like you were really delving deeper into like lyricism and really um, trying out different techniques. Um, I mean, you've yeah. done things before, but like diving even deeper and trying out even more yeah wow wow yeah and even conceptually too and you're you know working to to figure out you know this new identity um and actually taking all of your lessons to you know move forward and implement um your life and to live in, in your purpose yes man wow wow yeah wow and then how has you know and then you i see you put out some singles and, mm -hmm. um you know most recently the pay cp and, and other singles um and how has your production like music production um, progressed up to to this point so now which 
now I'm getting to that side of, okay, since I'm moving into a new name, these mixtapes are cool and they're dope ideas and concepts, but now it's starting to put, you know, more of a value on the art. Mm. So it's like, in mind of saying like, yes, I want to, you know, gain some type of, you know, monetary gain from it. But it's now it's like, how do I do that? Because I already know about the whole thing of copyright and sampling. And if you do that, you had to get a sample cleared and all these other, you know, loops and holes to jump through. So I was like, if I'm going to do that now, how am I going to create this stuff? So going back to that program, iMachine, Mm -hmm. 2015, I decided to invest and I purchased the program for the computer machine. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. yeah so I purchased that program and I continued from there and I was just working around now. How does a dude on a computer making beats there? So mm-hmm. for a lot of the singles up until then, like I know February 7th is one of them on there. Mm. that I produced that track. So that's where my name, Niv, like Nivlac, still coming into play, producing those tracks, which mm. once again, I said Nivlac is basically my name, Calvin backwards. Mm. Yeah. And it's actually inspired, once again, going run back to Nujibes, which his name is actually June Seba, which is basically his name backwards. Uh-huh. So I got the concept from him. So I made my producer name backwards because I was inspired. Wow. Hmm. So that's where a lot of the tracks I start making now, I actually produce the beats. So the Pace EP, I produced all of the tracks. So Pace. all of the beats I made as well as recorded it, which now I'm not recording in, um, in Audacity. I'm using now Ableton Live. Oh, okay. So I use Ableton Live to record my vocals, but I make my beats in machine, which is, I know it's funny, like now I'm learning, I'm going to start doing more crossover stuff, but that's another process that I'm learning. But so that's where I started like, okay, now let me start making some beats and putting stuff out and like me rapping over and seeing how that's going to work and sound. So Mm. for me, that's, that's where it's grown. My first project I put out, is I produced all of the tracks and the next project I'm working on is going to be the same thing. Okay. So you're saying for the pay CP in terms of as a, as a full project, like a full EP, like with you doing both the, like the beats and then rapping as well. Yeah. Mm, I see. And yeah, you're saying this next stuff is about to be even crazier. <laughs> I'm not saying it's going to be all that crazy. It's about to be some light work for sure, but um it's it's definitely you'll you'll hear the progression it's definitely a different sound that's all i'm going to say it's going to have very similar elements to how i create beats because i'm I, I stay very simplistic of how i create stuff and i noticed that so i'm just working with my foundation of keeping things simplistic before i start going throwing all these different sounds switching beats midway and flipping back you know all the you know ins and outs but yeah this next one is going to be the same thing where I I make the beats, which I've already gotten all the beats made. Now I just need to start writing to it mm. and getting all set that set ready and done. Mm. But yeah, that's that's really now more so progression wise when it came to producing. I start really seeing that I do like also, you know, creating the beat or creating beats because then it helps me to get even more of an ear when it comes to 
the music side of stuff and learning about a lot of music theory, which mm -hmm. I would just devil, you know, just play around with. I'm a person, I can say that I actually play by ear more mm -hmm. so. I really wasn't musically or classically trained in any way. Like I learned how to read music a little bit back in high school, but never took that real serious. I just played stuff that sound good to me. Mm. And if I learned a song, it was more so I learned because I remember how it sound. Mm. Okay. Um, like on the, like what you play on the piano or what instrument would you say? Like when you're recreating um, the 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 sound of the songs like what what are you using to recreate it piano mm. i got my keyboard with me that's that's that that's that is my my go-to instrument is the piano i i love how it sounds mm. i love it and i mean i also have a sax too but that mm. takes a whole different level of skill to also use which i still have yet to do mm -hmm. <laughs> but Mostly piano, yeah. I love it. Um, and when you're when you are making beats, I mean, throughout our talk, you've been talking about your your producer influences. Um, mm -hmm. Will them directly influencing your your choices when it comes to making beats? I will. I would definitely say yes. And those people that really influence me when it comes to beat making and being producer mm -hmm. i still have to always give credit to knife wonder because i love the way that he chops his samples and it's very and he's it's very easy to spot and be like oh that's a knife wonder beat it don't matter where i'm at i can know j cole's rapping over a knife like i can tell when like a certain beat how it's formed i'm like oh that's knife wonder oh, okay. and as well as once again i'll say nujabes because of the jazzy, the jazzy style that he brought. Then also there's another producer that I have to say he he's one of them that I started following a lot more. And his name is um, EOM, which stands for, and his name is an acronym, which is Elements of Music. Oh, okay. Hmm. Yes. And I loved his production. I mean, I still do to this day, which once again, my G, I swear, when I find these people, bro, unfortunately, this man as well, too, it's been, I want to say, two or three years now that he's passed away. Okay. And, and like, when I listened to his stuff, man, it, it really invoked a lot of, like, passion in, in me to do stuff. So a lot of songs that I go back and listen to, I noticed, I was like, dang, these are over his beats, too. Mm. And I enjoyed these. Like, these are really dope beats. And he also opened me up to a whole grip of different artists that I didn't even know about, which one mm. of them, a lot of people may not know, or they what they should know now if they're looking into him. But Anderson Pack, mm. before he was Anderson Pack, he actually yeah. went under another name, which was Breezy Lovejoy. And he was a part of that group with Dumbfounded, Wax, and... And like a few other folks in there, Timothy De La Ghetto's in there too, too. But a lot of them, like EOM was in that, in that sphere. So like I learned about these different artists through him too. And I'm like, dang, these dudes are dope too. Wow. But wow. like, yeah. But those are a few people that when it came to how I approach production, it's more so I, I still go off of the feel. So it always, how I start is I, ha I have the melody 
or I have the sample or whatever the sound is, mm-hmm. then that's where I start figuring out everything else, where I put the drums and the beats. I rarely make my drums first and then try to fit a, a sound on top of it. I've only done it a few times. It works, but preferably I use finding a melody first and then adding in the drums, kick, mm-hmm. snare, hi-hat, the bass, mm-hmm. maybe other elements, piano, organ, you know, sax, whatever it may be. Right. Um, yeah, when I was listening to to some of your beats, I noticed that, yeah, they have a groove to them. Like they're, they're you know, just like, like a groove feel, groove vibe to them. Yeah. Yeah, I'm similar. Yes. I don't, well, I don't do the drums first. I do like, I typically do like chords or something first. But mm-hmm. I'll put the drums underneath. Um, yeah, for the Pace EP, um, yeah, I just thought it was really clever. Um, you know, it's pace and it's, you know, about life, you know, keeping your pace and um, mm-hmm. that's an acronym as well. And then you have, you know, essentially like each, like P, A, C, like, you know, P has a word, A, you know, patience, awareness, and, you know, so forth. Um, yeah, speak a little bit to, to that concept for that um, EP. So it's very funny. Not, I shouldn't say very funny. But it's cool how full circle a lot of these ideas and stuff come. Right. So <clears throat> the whole idea I had of I had about pace, it it came from, of course, my experiences once again working with the youth and working within the schools and you know figuring out you know what am I going to do and what I you know where I need to be at that point in time. Mm-hmm. And I did. I started doing a lot of. Once again, got back and I was doing a lot of my meditative practices. I started looking into what a sun gazing is and met more meditation and breathing and all these different stuff. And I would notice every time I would, you know, I would meditate. Like I always have some type of clever idea come out, and I'm like, "What is this?" And like when I leave out of the meditation, I make sure I write it down or I have it. And one day I happened so to meditate in came out of there and literally this whole idea of keep your pace and I'm like where did that come from and then Mm. I broke it down and I'm like what is that and it's patience awareness consistency and empathy Mm. and so I have that as my model now like that's just how I do that and I use it also as a, a reminder to also be present and at the same time to check in with myself to be like all right am I keeping my patience when I'm working with the youth and the people that are around me Am I being aware of not only my feelings and my actions, but other people's actions that are happening also around me? Mm -hmm. Am I being consistent in my thoughts, my words, and my actions? As well as, am I also empathizing and coming to understand other people's stories before I go ahead and just jump off of the limb to judge? Mm -hmm. So then all that together is like, if I did, then I'm keeping my pace for the day. Mm-hmm. so I have that as just a you know just a model for a while for I've had that for about maybe so two almost now it's been three years but like I've been holding on to it and I just had it in one day this was for my internship for now I'm in grad school so now I'm in grad school this is my first year in grad school mm-hmm. and I'm interning at the school that I actually got to do my two years of service work at I actually mm-hmm. was able to somehow work it into my you know, my internship for my grad school because of the social worker who was at the school, me and her had a really good connection. 
and uh-huh. she wrote my recommendation mm-hmm. to get into grad school for yeah. social work. So I was yeah. just like, bro, this all worked out so well. So mm-hmm. I did my year there now, not as that program I was at, but as a social work intern. And yeah. it, it, it didn't come to me to have, you know, pace, not you know, but it didn't come to me to have pace as an idea of, you know, a, a whole EP or project titled around it until my mid-semester um, evaluation visit from my um, field liaison from the school to come talk to my field instructor. And every time they were asking you about like, oh, what are your strengths or what is something dun, 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 that you use? And I use that acronym and I tell them what it means. And literally after like we went through the whole conversation and got through the visit and, you know, talked about and had what I'm, you know, what I did well with, what are some areas of growth that I need to work on and what I need to be aware of. So in that meeting, just out of nowhere, like when my field instructor said, you know, you should also be aware of other people's pace. So then right when she said that in my head, I'm like, I should make a project around this. Like in the meeting, like that's what popped in my head. I'm like, I should make a project about pace. It's like, I have it. Why don't I do it? Right. What what about that? Do you think really struck a chord with you that having to, um, or being mindful to, of other people's pace? What do you think stuck out to you there? Because of the fact of the whole idea of, of, the idea that you say you're meeting, you're meeting people where they're at. Mm, So that idea of meeting people where they're at, that means you have to get an idea of what their pace is and where and how they're moving and going on with their life and figuring stuff out. Mm. So when she said that it just all clicked, like I, like it was there, like I knew, but it just full circle clicked right in that moment. I'm like, Mm. now I need to make this, this Mm. makes sense. Now meeting Uh. people where they at, their own pace that mm. makes so much sense and yeah and that's such a not crucial, to, yeah like social work concept like meeting people where they are and it's it's just dope that your two worlds of like social work and music came together right there in that moment so literally from that which the funny thing is i actually had two other projects already in mind before this one that i was working on and now they're just sitting and chilling even though they're actually somewhat, you know, already been made beat wise. So I also made those beats for those ones too, but they have to take a break. And this one just came to the forefront. Like I need to work on this one too, because I'm also a fervent, you know, learner of numerology. Um. So I, I knew 2019 for sure. I'm like, I need to drop a project in 2019. And the reason why is because for me, numerology wise, 19 is my favorite number. hmm. And the reason why I come to understand why 19 was my favorite number. And this is what I found out back in high school when I was playing football, I always wanted to wear number 19, Hmm. but you know, other people in varsity was wearing it. Actually, Jason, Jason, remember Jason Gibson? Gibson, yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. He wore number 19, though, um, ah. for varsity. So I was just like, nah, oh. he repping 19. It's all good. But Gibson, uh, yeah, Jason's dope. Yeah. Yeah. Which I ran across him randomly, bro, at my job yeah. that I was just recently at, bro. 
and oh. it was funny how we met how we saw each other do it it was it was one of those moments where like you think you know somebody so you give them that uh, weird face like you really staring at them like yeah. do i really know you and then right, we started right. getting closer to each other and then after that i was like jason he was like calvin and they were like bro we was loud as heck my g uh, like it was crazy but but the reason why i like the number 19 so much is the idea of what it encompasses together it basically number one if you if you take one away one basically means the beginning of a cycle mm. like the start mm. something new mm-hmm. and yeah. number nine is the ending of a cycle you know right. the stopping and death so mm. when you put those two together it's a continual cycle of the beginning and the end wow. always creating a new idea mm. yeah. and it's almost like the you know the concept of infinity in a way right yeah but, i mean i was thinking you know about that like egyptian concept of time is circular so yes yeah. exactly mm-hmm. so the the other the other interesting thing on top of that g when i started doing more research into numerology mm-hmm. i've come to find out that the reason why also a, another layer on top of why I like the number 19 is if you learn um, geometria math, which is basically how you add up, you know, the numbers to make it down to the true numbers, which we have zero to nine, really. There's only those numbers really in existence that makes up all the numbers. But if you add one and nine together, that comes out to, you know, to um, 10. And in 10, and then one plus zero is one. So it goes out to becoming it's the beginning of a cycle again. And even though I don't like sharing sharing it much, but I was actually born on the first. Mm-hmm. So I found out that within that whole thing too, it said that people who are born on the first usually mm-hmm. like certain numbers like one, 19, anyone that goes back and reference back to one, which 19 does, which I was like, that's crazy. Right, yeah. Wow, wow. Oh, that's deep, man. So you not only love words, you love numbers too, man. Hey, man. Numbers too. Words, which comes to music. Music is universal. Mm-hmm. Numbers is universal. So that's making sense, all these universal stuff clicking. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, what would you say your artistry means to you? So my artistry to me it it's it's really my story so it's me being able to not only share in what i've been through mm-hmm. but also what i've learned what i'm pushing to do mm-hmm. i'm not a perfect person as well as i'm bringing you into this other world of me which honestly all also intermingles together and in a sense too it's me reclaiming my own history if you get what i mean and the reason why i say that is me having my artist name in itself is like i'm also reclaiming that past history because of you know all that you know black people have been through and what they've witnessed and knowing that my my name in itself especially my last name 
it's actually a, a name that was given, of course, because you were akin to a, you know, slave owner mm-hmm. or you were on, you were named after a plantation. So I feel like that name in particular, it's not like it necessarily fits me, but my first name, in a sense, it also does fit me, but I know there's another layer that I'm missing out on. And that's where my artistry and my name is like, it's me reclaiming my history and also being able to tell it. Mm, mm. Sounds like, um, like your own personal history and then also like the history of like your ancestors as well. And you're able to, to take your own voice and, you know, reframe, um, what's happened to you and, and your people, um, in an empowering way. Exactly. Um, you know, and we're, we're growing continually. Um, and this has been a whole path. Um, what would you say Advis means to you right now? Or who is Advis right now? Advis right now is an individual who is learning the flow of life and learning how to respond to the best of their ability while learning that it's okay to fail. Mm -hmm. It's okay to feel. It's okay to be selfish at times because at the end of the day too, if I want, if, if I want to continue to grow as well as support and be a supporter for other people, the first person that I need to practice and master that with is myself. Mm. So I am definitely a lifelong learner. If you remember those SLEs. Hey, yo, taking it back. Seriously. Uh, Yes, man, definitely. uh, But definitely for sure. um, A lifelong learner and a study, uh, just a student of life for sure. Mm -hmm. Um. We covered a lot today. Um, is there anything else that you want the people to know or that you want to share, get off your chest and let them know? Yeah, don't be, don't be afraid of, of change. Don't be afraid to critically look at things, even if it puts into question your own beliefs and past ideas of what you thought was right that might end up not necessarily being fit for you. Mm-hmm. So don't be afraid to move into that, even with a very hostile environment that is around you. Because the more that you begin to reach within self, and not in a selfish way saying like, oh, it's all about me, but more so in a sense of once you start going further within, you start to see outside that everything is connected. And you're connected to the next person all around you. So don't be afraid to go in and do that work to love on yourself and to be with yourself. Because then you figure out, oh, dang, you're with me. That tree's with me. This is with me. My parents is me. We are me. We all make this whole world together. We experience this all together. This life, that's what we're doing all together. Uh, So 
Mm. Don't be afraid. Don't be afraid of failure. Don't be afraid to challenge that. And just know that when you do that, you will open yourself up to so much growth and so much knowledge and wisdom that will carry you on to figure out what real true love is and the true sense of your mission and purpose in this life. Oh, oh. man. Adivis, I have a great deal of respect for you, man. Thank you so much for sharing your sto- your story, your journey, you know, your ups and your downs um, with us, man. And um, yeah, I'm just, I really appreciate it, man. Back at you, brother. You already know. Appreciate <laughs> you for letting me take the opportunity to do so. Yeah, man. Um, did we miss anything in your story that you want to um, expound upon? It's not really it's not really too much in there. The only other things now is <clears throat> there's a lot more people that I've gotten in contact with and you know, you'll see later on how that progresses. But you know, I'll I'll leave that for um another time. But everything else, if you know, anybody wants to inquire more, they can. Yeah, man, where can they keep up with you, man? You can follow me. I shouldn't even say follow in this point, but if you want to support, you can find me on Instagram at Avis Music. I don't use my Twitter really, but Twitter is the same name as well as Facebook is the same name as Avis Music. And on YouTube, you got me as Calvin ADV Williams. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Great, great. Yeah, well, um, like that's it. I feel like we, we covered a lot and yeah, definitely, you know, gotta keep up with, with you, you know. All right, so our listeners gotta keep up. Make sure Calvin has um, you know, on Sundays you got the freestyle Sundays, what's the word? Wednesdays as well. So those are times you can catch him and and see him doing his thing. Yeah. Yeah. And shout out today, happy birthday, hip hop. Today, oh, hip-hop is 47. 47. I saw that on Twitter. Wow. So, shout out to hip-hop today. Yes. Mm. The biggest genre. We love it. Mm-hmm. Well, great, man. All right. Let me see.